This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. From the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here as much as we can be. I'm having some major technical difficulties tonight. Oh, beautiful bell breakers, would you expect anything less from us? No, not really. Uh... I inherited a computer virus, I believe, and so I keep getting this little ding pop-up at the bottom of my screen, and so I was trying to clean it up before we got started on this, and um, I paid for some software to clean it up, and I thought it was all gone, and then as soon as we started, it dinged again at us, so we might be getting some incessant dinging Uh, throughout this episode. As long as it doesn't break out in avid porn, we should be all right. Yeah, well, I would actually prefer that because, um, I don't know, I don't know. It's probably Russian or Ukrainian. Probably. They, they know what's coming up tonight. <laughs> they so. do. Tonight, we are talking not about Russian porn or Ukrainian. Well, maybe some, it U- might be maybe some Ukrainian porn. Yes. porn. Uh, we are talking about, there it is, you hear the yeah, ding? I did hear the ding. Um, we are talking about, we are revisiting the war, the Russian war. Ukraine war. What 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 is this conflict called? I would I would call it the Ukrainian conflict. I did see. Uh, w- Wikipedia has a thing called like a page called the Russo-Ukrainian War, mm. and it's been like ongoing since 2014. So now uh, Wikipedia is, really Wikipedia says this has been just a constant war since huh. 2014. So interesting. I'm surprised that they they admit that. Shannon's here. Shannon says we are beanie bros tonight. Yes, yes, Shannon. We we like to rock the beanies. We I, I actually prefer beanie babies because um, I do too, but they don't fit on the head as well. <laughs> I just prefer being called a beanie baby because me and you are beanie babes together. Yes, that's true. Uh, Shannon, how are you tonight? I hope your night is going more smoothly than mine is. Um, mm. I have a lot of shit going on and trying to get this podcast going at the same time. Um, it it makes for Makes things really difficult sometimes, and that's why we're late. This is like the first time we've been late. Uh, yeah, I think so too. In a while, at least. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, just sit down and wait a second because we're gonna be late. And you're like, uh, whatever. Yeah. So, but we are here, and that is all that matters. So, how's everybody doing out there? How's all our favorite listeners? We're live. That's all that freaking matters. Absolutely. Um, we're here to talk about war. We're here to talk about Ukraine, Russia, money scandals probably most uh, likely most like most definitely yeah, um yeah. i mean that's really what war boils down to anymore isn't it yeah Just the money. Well, yeah yeah the the money laundering money scandals in ukraine well don't don't worry there's plenty of it for them to scandalize right. because we're sending them hundreds of billions of dollars so we're going to talk about that and um i want to get into there's there's been some whispers some whispers about a uh, regime change in russia and so 
And I think you called that out about a year ago. I, I did. I yeah. absolutely did. I'm like, um, I think this is about yeah. uh, getting. Yeah, that's right. Because we had a wow moment. You yeah. like led me to the, the water. And then I was just like, whoa, you're right. Shannon, shit. Shannon says two glasses of wine. I've started drinking for you. We, oh. we would expect no less from you, absolutely. Shannon. I'm actually surprised it's only two. <laughs> and she's standing in the kitchen. So yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I mean, no better place to drink your wine than right there in the kitchen where you have uh, easy access to more, more wine. wine. So yes. um, that, that works out. So um, I'm going to turn the volume down on this until we have music. Then it won't that ding works. at me. I mean, there you go. Smart, intelligent. I know. Thinking, thinking, processing. Yes. Uh, my brain is not 100%. And it is less than it usually is not 100%. So we're going to get through this, though. But but yeah, yeah. As, as you were saying, we did come to a conclusion probably a year ago. We were Because we were talking about the National Endowment for Democracy. And we're mm -hmm. like, oh, they have a heavy presence yeah. in Ukraine. What's going on there? And blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, wait. Yeah, no, no, they already got Ukraine. Yeah. They're not worried about regime change or anything. And you, they already have that. We already established that. Right. They're going after Russia. They want mm -hmm. they want regime change in Russia. They want Putin gone because Absolutely. he's not he's not on board with all this globalization exactly. bullshit. I mean, so. they just got rid of the guy in Brazil. They they're moving towards Russia. I mean, they're trying to get rid of all the anti globalist yes. leadership. Absolutely, and Putin's the big dog. He is one of the bigger of the dogs at the moment. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, just kind of revisiting this whole Russia Ukraine conflict because I mean. We we talked quite a bit during the beginning phases of it, but we've kind of branched away from it a yeah. little bit. You kind of have to, though. Yeah, we got to revisit and reevaluate things. Yeah. It's kind of right. like a relationship. Yeah. Like, where are we in our relationship right, right. right now? Are things going good? Are things a little rocky? Yeah. Like, what are we? Yeah, are we a war? Are we a conflict? <laughs> How can we make this this a little bit smoother for all of us? Tired of one handed date night. <laughs> That's my latest. That's my latest pop up. <laughs> Tired of one handed date night. Find someone kinky near you. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Now I don't know if you've noticed. Have you seen the speaking of Ukraine and one handed date night pop ups? Have you seen like scrolling through different news ads? I will see very specific, uh, um, like dating profiles you you know yes. how you see the like ads for it yes but here lately it's been very specifically you date ukrainian, ukrainian women, women. Yes. yes what the fuck is going on yeah. over there I, I think they're they're trying to find sugar daddies i, I think there's probably some serious human trafficking going oh, over I'm there sure. that they're not willing to talk about but but we are definitely willing to talk about it because that's what we talk about so um we're gonna get right into this intro and then we're going to come back and talk about not not Ukrainian human trafficking, hopefully, but maybe. I don't maybe. know. That might pop up. We never know what we're going to yeah. get ourselves into. So um, we're going to get right into that. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how this war is raging on and see where this freaking conversation goes and see if this is a relationship worth keeping. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So we're going to get right into this and then we'll be we'll be back to us to keep doing this <laughs> yeah we'll be right back what did you say you talking to me what what the heck are you talking about what did you say what did you say what did you say are you talking to me are you talking to me are you talking to me what are you talking about what are you talking about what are you saying 
What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Oh, we don't have any music. <laughs> Nothing is working. Here, we'll there take we this go. one. I don't know what this is, but it's here. Like Post. Start of air, air, air wolf? I don't know what it is, but it's right there, so this is what we're going to take. Okay. I mean, it's only fitting. It's only fitting that nothing's working. Uh, <laughs> my phone, which has the controllers to the music and sounds, it wouldn't connect to my computer. Nothing is working. So, might as well have this, like... Sweet 80s vibe. I agree. It's almost like a 80s action movie music. Oh, it definitely is. Like yeah. Top Gun or something yeah. like that. I mean, I mean, what a better way to celebrate this war. Now, you would you believe it's been 341 days since Putin invaded uh, that seems Ukraine? Right. 341. Yeah. Not quite a full year. I, I, I've seen. I saw like like one of our. I think it was like last week saying, "Hey." Where is this thing going to go? Is it really going to, you know, like mm -hmm. we, it was our show from last year talking about, is this a real thing? Now, this is, uh, sorry, I got distracted. This is the music we usually play here. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I but must, is, we don't usually listen I to must, it from the beginning. Yeah, I must start it in a different spot yeah. because all of a sudden I'm just like, wait, this is yeah. what we always have. So I, I don't know what's going on. Russia war. What, what did you say? What, good <laughs> what did you say? Oh, because uh, on my on my memories popped up our, our break the bell from last year at this time where we were talking about is are th is it going to be a war? And we're like probably not. Yeah, we we're Ukraine like Ukraine no. doesn't want a war, but they don't got the balls for that. Because remember, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Remember, um, Great Britain was yes. like Boris. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Boris John Johnson yeah. was all like, yeah. oh yeah, Russia's definitely going to attack yeah. you, and Ukraine's like. We we thought they were like stop stop yeah. provoking them. Yeah. This we don't go want anywhere. This. You know. Come to find out, I'm pretty sure Zelensky yeah. definitely oh, wanted he, this. Yeah. He just didn't want to yeah. give up. He, he didn't want to spoil yeah. the moment right yeah. away. He, he's on the he's on the grand stage right now. You know mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened if this didn't, the war didn't go down. I mean, what a better way to like advance your acting career, right? Than right than what's going I mean, on. Worked for Reagan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what whatever's going on right now. Is definitely a shit show, and um, he is at the front and center of it. Yep. Now, um, like I said, it's been going on almost a year. It's impossible to get like exact exact numbers because both sides are pretty yeah. egotistical. It's like, oh yeah. no, we don't have that right. many. Yeah, that many. We don't have hundreds of thousands. They have hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. Like even at one point, Zelensky came out and was like. Uh, well, Russia suffered seven times as many losses yeah. as us. It's like seven times. That's very yeah. specific. Yeah. Like, how are you? It's, I mean, are you just making shit up or yeah, are you just yeah. throwing out yeah. there? Um, so now on one side, you've got like, you've got it where like, like I said, Ukraine's like, oh, we suffered a couple thousand and they've suffered like hundreds of thousands. And then Russia's like, no, I think they've suffered yeah. hundreds of thousands and we've suffered yeah. tens. To, to ten, just ten yeah. total. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's interest, but it's interesting because, uh, like, 
Remember, Zelensky comes out and says they're being genocided. Oh, yeah. Yep. But that then he'll the turn around term. and be like, no, we haven't lost that many people. It's yeah. like, then are it's you not being gem- genocided, genocided or are you not losing people? But remember, people? we talked about how there was like a whole village that they like found this yeah. mass grave right. for, you know? So I guess they don't count them. No, no, those don't count uh, because they're just collateral damage, yeah. probably. They're, they're not combatants, so we don't count them. Right, exactly. So um, now General Milley, our favorite General Milley, oh, yes. he came guy. out. The New York Times had quoted him, came out and said that both sides, this was back, I think, in November or December, both sides had suffered at least 100,000 deaths. And again, I don't know where General Milley's getting these right, numbers, yeah. but it's just like, oh, no, they both have suffered so many it, deaths. It, it's almost like maybe he's, they, he's thinking maybe they have someone on the ground, uh, <laughs> but that wouldn't be possible, would it? No, I mean, there's no, there's no way have... we have boots on the ground in Ukraine. No, that uh, we're work. just hearing it from other. Yeah. We're just hearing it from. Maybe like, they have like one of those turnstiles, you know, at the border that people walk through. And oh, and then, yeah. yeah, we just walk just and go count, back around yeah. like Buddy yeah. the Elf. Right, like, right. Just exactly. We don't actually go in. We just exactly. like do a little roundabout thing. I don't know. I don't know. Do you? Like what do you what do you believe? What's your gut tell you about the number of deaths? You think there's a, a heavy high amount? Do you think there's not that many? Do you think this whole thing is just fucking made up and nobody's got <laughs> killed? Because there's a part saw, of me that thinks that. Remember we <laughs> saw that video that was supposedly Russians like decimating yeah. this area, and it was so blatantly yes. fake, and people running around like Oliver dressed like clothes. peasants. And, yes. yes, yeah. It looked like, and yeah. then like just a random like. Potato sack <laughs> of a person just blows up and flies yeah. through the air. Yes. It's just like, is yeah. any of this shit fucking yeah. real? Like, I, ha- have you come to any conclusions? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's real. I, what I don't, I know we're going to get into this, so I'm not going to question too much, but I don't think it's as bad as what, you know, either side is trying to make it sound mm. for whatever reason, because I, I do think that Russia has the ability to end this if they wanted to. Well, there's so many lies going on on well, both yeah. sides. It's all propaganda well, to remember make. Remember the, the uh, who is the uh, the jet fighter? The go- I was gonna. That was yes. what I was getting. Yeah. To, the the ghost of Kiev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ghost of shot Kiev down like thirty planes. It was forty planes. It yeah. was the ghost of Kiev, and then it came out that they released that. Oh, this one guy here died in battle, and he had shot down about forty planes. And so people started connecting the dots, and yeah. they're like, well, he must have been the ghost of Kiev. Well, it turns out, then Ukraine came out and admitted, not only is the ghost of Kiev not real, but that guy never shot down 40 yeah. planes himself either. Yeah. So I think their final statement on it was it was like a it's like a superhero-type, myth-type yeah. thing. Um, it just Build morale. Made, yeah, made by Ukrainians. And... They they said it was it portrayed the collective image of all the country's oh, pilots. That's wow. that's how they got away with it. It's just wow. like I really like that. that's what you're going He's like with. The here. Santa Claus of Ukraine war. <laughs> yes. So uh never happened. Yeah. Or you remember that uh oops, that's not what uh all right, let's get out of there. Uh nothing's working tonight. Uh do you remember do you remember um the beauty pageant lady yes, that, yeah. that, she that was hung all... up her sash and yeah. picked up her freaking firearms. Yeah. It, it, it was turned, like a pellet gun. It turned out, yeah, it was yeah. an airsoft, <laughs> yeah. a model of an airsoft gun. It's yeah. just like, what the, is anything freaking real yeah. around here? Is any of this war even the, uh, real? The and, island, remember, they yeah, were like, yeah. surrender and they were like, fuck you. And they like yeah. got blowed up. But then it turned out they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they didn't say fuck you. Yeah. And none of that, nothing yeah. was real. Yeah. I just. Just, just kind of a recap yeah. moment here. Some of the, the great 
greatest moments. Yeah, it's like the greatest. <laughs> in every like good sitcom, they always have that episode yes. that nobody actually wants yes. to watch because it's just like yes, and they recap recap it all. Yeah, yes. it's just like flashbacks. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, like that time. Like, it's just like yes, especially Jack, Jack is sick, and so they're talking about all the sad good times they had with him, so he doesn't die. Yeah, in reality, <laughs> watching those in real time, those would be fine to recap. But when you're binge watching a Netflix yeah. show. It's yeah. just like I know I saw that two like yeah. three and a half hours ago. I just watched it earlier this morning. Yeah. Don't remind me of how much I am a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what this episode starting yes. out is. Yes. At least we're just gonna we're just living the best moments yes. of yes. the Ukraine yes. war. This is fond memories of the yeah. Ukraine war. Remember the uh what was it, the um the model, the Ukrainian model that turned out to be a Nazi? Which what? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's probably quite a few, but yeah, she was like supposed to be like this. She was like their new poster child, and then they found out like she was like straight Nazi. Yeah, so we we haven't heard from her in a while. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> she's just not like, the poster child anymore. She didn't talk about them. Maybe so. she denounced her Nazi ship, just like the <laughs> yeah, right? like the super troopers that are there that are like former <laughs> Nazis. But don't worry, they've all re- renounced, yeah, right. denounced their Naziness. Yeah. So. So it's cool, guys, because they're fighting the Russians. Um, yes. That's fine. Do you know who else fought the Russians? Literal Nazis fought the Russians, yes, right. the Soviet yes. Union. So uh, yes. that, that that doesn't make them the good guys. <laughs> yes. Or when, uh, what was it, Sean Penn was going to give up his Oscar. Oh, he's going to give up. No, he's going to smelt his Oscar. Oh, if, that's right. If Zelensky didn't, uh, if Zelensky didn't show up. That's right. Make yes. an appearance in the Oscars yeah. or something. He was going to smelt his Oscar. Zelensky yes. didn't make his appearance. He no. never smelted him. However, he did give Zelensky. Remember, he gave yes. Zelensky. Yes. Was it the Oscar that I, he gave? Yeah. What yeah. some award for best actor probably in the it, world? Probably yes. because so, he is he is hitting it all now. Let's get into the money spent mm. because there's been a couple a couple yeah. dollars. Kind of makes me sick actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me. Let's pull up some. Let's pull up some stats because last I had heard. So this was probably numbers in December, November, December. Okay. Um. So the, it's probably a fuck ton more than yeah, that right. for now. Because um, as of yeah, this says December sixteenth. Uh, it says the U.S. had sent fifty billion dollars in twenty twenty two to uh Ukraine, and this this has this has charts. We get yeah. visual aids of this, so we can really see where your money is going. Yeah. Because it says, uh, this is from uh, CBCFR.org. It says, every year the United States sends billions of dollars in aid and much more than any other country to beneficiaries around the world in pursuit of its security, economic, and humanitarian interests. I think it's more in pursuit of its own interests. That's what they they should have just left it at in pursuit of its interests. It doesn't care about humanitarian because how much aid have we sent to Haiti and how great is the humanitarian situation there? How about any of these other like quote unquote Donald Trump shithole countries uh, (laughs) that we sent humanitarian aid to? How many of those actually are doing better since we sent the humanitarian aid? Yes. But how much have we benefited from those countries? Oh, we've made bank. Well, we haven't, but you know. Not us personally. No, no, no. So it says, heading into 2022, U.S. foreign assistance was driven by various priorities of the Biden administration, including combating climate change, responding to COVID, and countering authoritarianism. Those are all just great, great things to strive for. Yes. 
makes our country great. But since Russia's invasion in February, Ukraine has become far and away the top recipient of U.S. foreign aid. It's the first time that a European country has held the top spot since Harry S. Truman administration directed vast sums in rebuilding the continent through the Marshall Plan after World War II. In 2022, the administration and U.S. Congress have directed nearly $50 billion in assistance to Ukraine which includes humanitarian, financial, and military support, according to Kiel Institute of World Economy, a German research institute. The historic sums are helping a broad set of Ukrainian people and institutions, including refugees, law enforcement, and independent radio broadcasters. Wow. <laughs> They're making it sound like it's just such a great yeah, gesture right? yeah. that we're doing over there. Um, well, we're helping out. Uh, the independent radio broadcasters, obviously, and uh, refugees. Right, because and freedom. Mostly military aid, it says. A, a caveat there. Yeah. But but most of it has been military-related. What is, like, how much do you think is going to the in independent radio broadcasters of Ukraine? No, oh, like, I don't, not much. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they say, like, maybe $2 billion, but it's actually probably 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably uh, Zelensky's own personal, oh, like... Yeah. Uh, it's his microphone. Yeah. It's his <laughs> recording stuff. Dozens of other countries, including most of members of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, and the European Union, are also providing large aid packages to Ukraine. So here's the breakdown, how much, how much they've sent and where it's gone. 9.9 billion of the 50 billion has gone to humanitarian aid or emergency food assistance, healthcare, refugee support and other humanitarian aid. 15 billion goes towards financial aid. So oh, so like when Zelensky was begging for us to take care of his electrical bills and water yeah, bills and basically, stuff that's what that was. Or like his and we'll get into this his uh, like staffers that like had Multiple like fancy cars oh, and shit. Sure. Yes, where that yes. money was going. Yeah, um, the eight, yachts. Yeah, eight point nine goes to security assistance, training equipment, weapons, logistics support. Now, now get this: security assistance includes weapons and training and logistics support. Uh, then there's another twelve billion to weapons and equipment. <laughs> What's the difference between the weapons and equipment to security assistance and the weapons and equipment just specifically for weapons and equipment? For... Because you can never have too much weapons and equipment for the normal pe person. Right? Oh, this is for Ukraine security assistance initiative, and this is for the Defense Department stocks. Oh, so the Defense Department gets a little bit more than security. Yes. It's so, like, police. Security yeah, pretty much, police. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, then $1.3 billion goes into grants and loans for weapons and equipment. <laughs> so all three road. of those are weapons and equipment. Okay. Does that pay for the tanks they're getting from Poland? I don't think we've got there because, like I said, okay. this is December uh, December 16th. So oh, we haven't sure. got to the tank push yet. Oh, okay. Uh, that came like a week ago. So uh, as of January 5th, the U.S. has approved $113 billion. I, That was the next thing I had. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, it says Congress approves $113 billion in aid to Ukraine in 2022. So that was actually the end. After that article popped up, yeah. they approved another like $65 billion That's to add a total just of. just insane. Yes. But I want to look at a couple more of these these stats here yeah. because it says how Ukraine is tapping the U.S. arsenal because they are tapping it <laughs> uh, infantry arms and equipment 8,500 javelin 
uh, anti-armor systems, 46,000 other anti-armor systems, 1,600 Stinger anti-aircraft, uh, 1,500 tow missiles, 11,000 grenade launchers, 75,000 sets of bar- body armor and helmets, thousands of night vision devices, C4 and other explosives, um, M18 or M18A1 Claymore mines, uh, mine clearing equipment for the mines that they laid. Yeah, right. Uh, medical Shit. supplies. <laughs> Where did we put them? <laughs> Artillery, 142 howitzers, 36. Mm-hmm. Or 142, 155-millimeter howitzers, then another 36, 105-millimeter howitzers, and their ammunition. Hmm. 38 HIMAR systems, 20 mortar systems, and ammunition. Uh, Let's see. As of December, before the tank push, uh, 45 T-72B tanks, 200 M113 armored personnel carriers, 250 armored security vehicles. Um, we got 1,000 Humvees, 298 tactical vehicles, 44 trucks. Give me one of these fucking trucks. Right. Uh, let's see. We've got 700 Switchblade drones and 1,800 Phoenix Ghost drones. Ooh. Um, 20 MI-17 helicopters. I mean, you just hundreds of thousands yeah. of pieces of equipment, yeah. like war equipment that we are just sending right. over there. Oh, yeah. It sounds how like much we just that, built their military for them. How much of that are they losing? <laughs> right. Like, how much of that is getting destroyed? Because from yeah. what it sounds like, uh, we're not providing enough equipment versus what's being destroyed by Russia. Ba- based on what Zelensky is begging, it's like, yeah. we got to do more, guys. Yeah. They're destroying our equipment as yeah. fast as it can get here. Uh, my question is, how much of it is he selling to, right. to, yes. to other places? Like, how much of it isn't no getting? Because we talked about the money that doesn't get to the front lines. Remember, it's right. just like, well, like only like forty percent of it's actually getting to the front lines, and the rest of it's getting held up. It's like, well, where yeah. the fuck's that money going? Right. Um, so, not to mention the equipment. Yeah. I mean, we saw firsthand example of how we hand over. All this equipment in Afghanistan. Right. Yeah, it's disposable, right? Do you know where that equipment is possibly heading now? Ukraine. Russia, actually. Oh, it is Russia Ru- buying them? Yeah, so oh, okay. there's rumors out there that Russia is looking to Afghanistan to buy our equipment from the Afghanis that, that we left. We left that's, them with the goodness of our that's heart. That's irony, isn't How it? How much irony is that? It's like we've got Russia fighting, or Ukraine fighting Russia with U.S. provided weapons, and yes. Russia is fighting back or attacking with. U.S. That they get from Afghanistan, from no less. Afghanistan. Weapons we gave to Afghanistan to fight the Russians. <laughs> the Russians and the Taliban. Yes. And, yeah, so they're tapping the Taliban to uh, <laughs> to fight fire with fire, I guess. I, 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 I don't I know. They're like, two can play that. We'll have U.S. weapons versus U.S. weapons. Now, what bothers me is the U.S. alone has sent more money, and I've said this before, the U.S. Mm. Has, set, or has sent more money alone to Ukraine to aid in this war than Russia has spent on their own on yeah. this war. Yeah. It's like, what exactly is Ukraine providing in this war if right. we are fronting the majority of the bill? And um, here's an example. Here's a look of... How much we send them versus all the other countries? That's insane. Twenty-two point nine billion to Ukraine in twenty twenty-two, which obviously that's higher now because we said upwards of fifty billion, right. and now up to one hundred thirteen billion uh, versus three point three billion to Israel. It, that's wow. shocking to that me. That is. Now here is a look at what other countries are spending. <laughs> so we're sitting here at the top at. 50, over 50 billion 
The entire EU has spent less than $30 billion. Slackers. <laughs> right. That's like all the countries that make <laughs> yeah. up Europe, basically, minus Great Britain and Germany, who have are really slacking yeah. on their part, too. Well, you know, Germany doesn't want to... Oh, yeah, they Ruffle don't want to piss off the feathers, Russians. Even though they're sending tanks now. Yeah. But So what do you think of all this financial aid that we are sending? Yeah, it makes me sick. I mean, it's not like we're in the middle of an inflation or anything Oh, like no, that, that, right? that's all uh, transitionary you know, or whatever right, they right, said yeah. three years ago. Absolutely. That's all. It's it, temporary at It's best. temporary, yeah. yeah it won't we, last long. Yeah, and that's all caused by the Russian war. So yeah. if we beat the Russians at their own game by sending billions of dollars, then we'll, help, at the end of the day, help our inflation over here oh, because, yeah. I mean— Russia started the inflation, so we have to end Russia in order to end inflation. Right. Yeah, that's no, how that it makes works. sense to me. Yes. Spend more money on war. Actually, it's probably. I'm surprised they haven't come out with. You know, war is really good for economies. Oh yeah. I mean, look at post World War Two. Look at um, right. post World War One. Every post war. Yeah. Our economy has flourished. You guys, you guys want this war. Yeah. We're in a recession here. Yeah. You guys want this war. I'm surprised they just haven't like bold faced, just oh, like I'm come sure. out and said it. Been like, yeah. oh yeah, we're in a war, but you know how fucking great this is yeah. for for recessions, right? Right. No, I'm surprised Biden hasn't gone there. How yet. did we beat the Great Depression? War. World War Two. That's right. Knock that to kick that shit down the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Spend a bunch of money so we can make money. That they say, spend money to make money. Yeah. Spend money on war so we can make more money. Live happy lives here. Well, somebody's making money. Yeah. I, I, not us. I, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> uh, maybe trickle down. It'll get yeah. there. It'll get there. Yeah. When do we get our like roaring twenties moment? Right. Where if we're just like living high. Yes. On these post-war, um, the the post-war ec- economics. How everybody was out like buying cars and shit after right. both the world wars. It's like, man, uh, uh, when Afghanistan ended, ended, how come we didn't? Why right. weren't we experiencing this shit? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Maybe that's why they drag the wars out so long yes. these days. They're so, like, we don't want them to experience that. We yeah. just want to experience that. So maybe that's what it is. So $50 billion, now upwards of $113 billion. Right. And we've got Zelensky obviously asking for more, more because yeah. that's what he does. He comes on all the public shows, oh, yeah. all the public, uh, like, the we talked about the World Economic Forum last last week. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen to that episode. It was fun. Uh, the World Economic Forum, Davos, it's always a, it's always a blast to talk about. But especially when uh, Zelensky comes in. Holds out his hands and demands. He's like a televangelist now, isn't it? He's if not, you want to save your freedom. Yeah, he's not even like a uh, a beggar. He's not like begging. No. He like flat out demands oh, yeah, the shit. Yeah. It's like, remember that, and another recap. Remember, I think it was back in August when he was like, I need $7 billion a month yeah. for my country. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah. The fuck did you just say? <laughs> right. Or the one time when he's like, I need... <clears throat> I have this expense, this expense, this expense. That adds up to eight trillion dollars. Who who's gonna fork that yeah, right. over? You? It's just like, you? who who the fuck are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So we gotta, we can't, we can't go any further. I mean, we're we're recapping this, so we right. gotta we gotta point out the main players on this, which yes. is Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky and Vladimir Putin, which is yes. very. There's so many Vlads. In there Vlads is. Over I know there. it's really hard in the in the, when you get to Eastern Europe like that. So let's start with <laughs> Vladimir Zelensky. Yes, the hero of freedom. Now, out here, take a look at this. 
And then let's take a look at our image of Putin. <laughs> Both shirtless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, equally, would you say equally as uh, uh, intimidating? Um, Zelensky? Putin. If you're I, listening. I, I got to give it to Putin. You I, think? I do. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, we got Putin with no shirt on running through a field with a sniper rifle. <laughs> at probably like sixty years old, right? Or we've got Zelensky with his shirt yes. hiked up he, to he his looks nipples. Like he's, he's at a German disco. Now, what you don't see here is he is also wearing high heels. Not <laughs> no, joking. I believe Not that. Joking. I believe that. He's wearing high heels. Yes. This is the gayest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> is it? I've seen gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say because he, he's a comedian, isn't he? Like yeah, in he's his, a comedian. He's an not actor, a politician. Uh, uh, clearly a gay dancer. Yeah, clearly, I, I mean, yes. So, so we've got, we've got Putin. Here, let's let's look back at yes. Putin, and, and that's him. He left his bear back behind the bush. Yeah. He usually rides a bear around the yeah, country, and he just shot like a rhinoceros. Yeah, right. Which he's gonna eat raw. Yes. <laughs> Former KGB op. Yes. For si- sixteen years as an operative in the KGB. Uh, he became the acting president in 96 when whoever was currently stepped down. Yeah. And then was, was appointed. Yeltsin? Boris Yeltsin. I think so, yeah. 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 Then in 99, right before Y2K happened, he was appointed prime minister. And that's when Alex Jones like, oh, my God, he sent the nukes. He's, he he yeah. hit the button. And everybody freaked out and yeah. ran for the yeah. hills. Um, then in 2012, he was so he, he served his two terms as prime minister. So there's prime yeah. minister and there's president. You can only serve two terms as prime minister. He was only acting president, so he could technically run again. So yeah. in 2012, he ran as president and got reelected. And then somewhere in there, he passed a law to extend his presidency to 2036. Yes. Is how far he can, yeah. out, he can currently be president. Yeah. So the foreseeable future, yes. he can... He's president. not looking at, at stepping down anytime soon. No, it doesn't I, seem like it. And I had read an article in, in Pravda where they're talking about, you know, maybe after 2036, clearing the slate and letting his term start over again. Well, I mean, I, I guarantee you he's going to pass some other law. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that puts. But 2036, what? Shit, that's in 13 I was say, years. He's, well, he's, six, he's 60 years old. I mean, that's. I don't know what he is, but he, that, I mean. Yeah. He, I, I guess Biden's doing it, so uh, might well, as well. Yeah. But thankfully, Biden's not doing that. <laughs> Can you imagine Biden running around with, with that no is, shirt on? No, 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 with a sniper rifle. <laughs> so, former KGB op, sniper, bear hunter. Yes. He even, remember, he like flew a plane and yes, taught, and taught geese, geese how to fly yes, or something? Yes, yeah. Just like that movie, yes. Fly Away the, Home. The, the, the myth... Yeah, the myths of Putin and Russia are are exactly what you would think it would be from yes, Russia. Absolutely. Then we have this guy, a former comedian, like you said. Yes. A former actor. He created his own production company to make his own films and um his own comedy special that toured the country. Uh he starred in a TV show called Servant of the People, where he played the role of president in Ukraine, and he has continued to act as the leader of Ukraine ever since. Do you know where his uh, political party came from? Mm-mm. His own production company formed a political party called 
servant of the people based oh, on his wow. television show. So there wasn't even like a legit forming of a like he's an actor, has his own production company. And they're like, you know, you're really good at the, playing this president thing. Yeah. Um, let, let's make this a real thing. Let, let's morph this from yeah. fiction to reality. And that's exactly what they did. They're like, well, <laughs> we'll create a political party <laughs> based on your character here. Yeah. And you will portray. I mean, you got all the character experience here. So yeah. you you're perfect for the job. And then he was selected for like with like 75% of the yeah. vote. Yeah. I mean, people like to show that much. <laughs> well, like, wouldn't he be a great president? Right. You know who I thought would be a great president? After Independence Day, I thought Bill Pullman would be a great president. <laughs> Obviously. I, he would have been a really he good president. <laughs> Fight all the aliens. That's pretty much Oh, oh, I forgot the other accolade. At one point, he voiced the Ukrainian version of Paddington the Bear. <laughs> What? <laughs> so he's got all the experience. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we had Donald Trump, so we can't yeah, say no, that no, no. Much. I, I know, I know, but yeah. And this guy at least acted a president. That's true. That's true. So he, I he guess he does. Donald Reagan. I guess he does have more experience as president than Trump did because he yes, acted he president at, at least. To, yes. Now, while he was campaigning, he campaigned as anti-establishment and anti-corruption. Who does that remind you of? Yeah, right. Donald Trump? Trump, yeah. But would you say, based on what you know of Vladimir Zelensky now, would you say he's anti-establishment or anti-corruption? Or would you no. say he's hard shoe-in of the establishment? Say, if there was a swamp, he would be the Everglades. <laughs> he is, yes, he is the swamp. He, he is, is the swamp. He is like the swamp monster in the swamp. Yes. <laughs> He's the evil troll yes. at the bridge that demands your gold. Yeah, collects yes. the gold at the edge of the swamp. Yes. That is Vladimir Zelensky. And tells you he's going to use that to fight all the monsters in the swamp mm -hmm. that are probably working for him. <laughs> so Zelensky being as anti-establishment. i got to get rid of this picture. God, I'm tired of looking at <laughs> I mean, that picture it. looks anti-establishment, right? Yes, obviously. <laughs> now, Zelensky, his name... Being all, uh, you know, anti-establishment that he was, his name came up in the Pandora Papers. Remember the Pandora Papers? Yes. It's just like a report of all these like high up big wig mm -hmm. uh, politicians with offshore accounts, like hiding money. Like who was it that had a flat in Britain that was like million dollar flat and it was like some foreign country? I can't remember who that was. Remember we talked yes. about that though? Yes. I don't. I don't remember, but it was. It was just a lot of weird shit, but Zelensky's yeah. name came up, being, you know, anti-corruption that course, he was. Of course, So I, I just wanted to hit on that real quick, uh, just so we can really get to know this guy a little more. Because uh, this says, this was about a year ago, it says, anti-oligarch, Ukrainian president's offshore connections. Remember when the war kicked off? Mm -hmm. Another flashback. And they're like, we're going to go after all the Russian oligarchs and yeah. all their super yeah. yachts and, and all these, yeah. like... It turns out bank accounts and freezer accounts. Yeah, it turns out Ukraine has similar similar oligarchs because Vladimir Zelensky um, was hiding like upwards of forty one million dollars in offshore accounts. Oh wow! So wow. it says it was a storyline that in earlier times would have seemed impossible. For four years, the actor and comedian Vladimir Zelensky entertained TV audiences in Ukraine with his starring role in the sitcom Servant of the People. So this wasn't even like a a drama series. It was a sitcom. Right. It was a TV sitcom. So it was a joke. It was a fucking joke. Zelensky played a teacher who, outraged by his country's chronic corruption, successfully runs as president. 
In 2019, Zelensky made fiction real when he contested Ukraine's actual president election and won. On the campaign trail, Zelensky planned, or pledged to clean up Ukraine's oligarch-dominated ruling system, and he railed against pl politicians such as the wealthy incumbent Petro Poroshenko, who hid their off or assets offshore. Then it and talks wasn't about Pe wasn't Petro? Wasn't he the uh, Victoria Newland? Uh, I don't plant? know if he was or not, or okay. if he came after. Like okay, they're all Victoria yeah, Newland plants. Yeah, so. Right. The Pandora Papers leaked to the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and shared with The Guardian as part of a global investigation, however, suggest Zelensky is rather similar to his predecessors. The leaked documents suggest he had or has a previously undisclosed stake in an offshore company, which he appears to have secretly transferred to a friend weeks before winning the presidential vote. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like, no, guys, I don't... Uh, yeah. This guy has so many right. offshore accounts, he's so corrupt, and he's like, here, hold on to this yeah, real right. quick for me. <laughs> yeah. See, I got nothing. I, there are no offshore yeah. accounts. <laughs> Says Zelensky has not commented on the cl claim, despite extensive attempts by The Guardian and its media partners to reach him. Uh, the files revealed he participated in a sprawling network of offshore companies co-owned with his longtime friends and TV business partners. They include Sherry, Serhi Sheffer, who produced Zelensky's hit show, and Sheffer's older brother, Boris, who wrote the scripts. Another member of the consortium is Ivan Bakanov, a childhood friend who is the general director of Zelensky's production studio. Sounds like his whole production yeah. company and acting gig yeah. was a money laundering scheme. Right, yeah. Just to make, yeah. It was a big corrupt money scandal. Uh, it says all are associated with his home, with his hometown in southern Ukraine. Uh, after winning power, Zelensky brought those close allies into government. <laughs> Great. So, not only was he scamming money through his production company... <laughs> But then, when he won president, he brought all those yeah. those people in with yeah. him. I wonder how many of those are the people that stepped down last week because right. of the yeah. money scandals. Oh, I'm sure all of them. Bakanov became head of Ukraine's SBU security agency. Zelensky made Sheffer his first assistant, an unpaid role that involves handling the president's daily schedule. Quote-unquote unpaid. unpaid. A fourth member of his close-net group, Andriy Yakolev, is a film director and his production company's producer. Zelensky has said these appointments were about personal trust rather than financial cronyism. That's what they all say. Like, oh, no, it's not It's not about, yeah. like, handouts and shit yeah. like that. It's all because... Um, it's all because... Yeah. Uh, I can that, trust these I can guys. Trust. Yeah, it's not yeah. nepotism. It's just that's somebody I can trust to, to make these decisions and hold that money. Yes. Uh, it says a secret transfer. Before becoming president, Zelensky declared some of his private assets. They included cars, property, and three of the co-owned offshore companies. One film, her one film heritage, which he he held jointly with his wife Elena, a former she was a former writer too with his company. They're all like it's kind of like FTX. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, that's exactly what it and sounds we, like. And we we talked about the FTX yes. connections with Ukraine. It's almost set up like that, where it's just all these like buddy buddies who don't yeah. give know what the fuck they're doing, but they're all these young kids that are making money and they're just like, yeah, living in in an orgy house <laughs> somewhere. That's probably him in his orgy. Probably, house. probably. 
says uh, the Pandora Papers show further offshore assets that Zelensky par- uh, appears to not have revealed. Uh, Film Heritage had 25% stake in Devegra, a Cyprus holding co- uh, company. Devegra, this this goes on and on, makes all these connections. Eventually, it comes down to he had upwards of like forty-one million dollars being stored offshore in his name, and he's the the candidate against corruption, and yeah. he specifically ran against uh, offshore cronyism, yeah, offshore like corruption and scandals, and he he's just as fucking guilty of it. But but let's trust him with. The right. 113 billion dollars that we're yeah. we're sending off right. to that country. Don't worry, he's gonna he's gonna oh, make yeah. sure those get to where they need yeah. to be because he's the anti-corruption guy. Yeah, especially when you get FTX involved with him too. Right. I mean, oh yeah. How much of this do you find is just a big vicious like scandal? Basically, oh, no, no, yeah. I mean, that's all this seems like is is just one giant money laundering, war profiteering. I mean, cycle. That's but then you all get dumbasses like. like the guy from FTX that right. just like to run their mouths and don't yeah. know how to cover their tracks too good right. and ends up losing a bunch. And then it opens up the door to it just puts it all out on display. Right. Yeah. So we see all these connections and we start making these connections. I'm surprised that guy hasn't been off yet. No, I'm surprised. It's too. like, yeah, dude, dude, yeah. we had a good thing going yeah. here. But it hasn't gone to trial yet. So yes. I'm waiting for that still. We will, we will see on that. So, but you know, it, again, this is stuff nobody's talking about because right. the mainstream Zelensky is the the global freedom fighter. You know, he's well, the one that everybody is. He's the great white hope against Putin. You know, that's why we're backing him. He's the face of Ukrainian freedom. I yeah. read on one of these posts exactly. as I was reading the face of Ukrainian freedom. Not not the people that are out there like actually dying right. and yeah. shit. Yeah. But he maybe but, he's the ghost of Kiev. I'm surprised he hasn't come out and been like, guys, I am actually the ghost it, of Kiev. That would not surprise me. He shows like some old clips from Top Gun. That was me. <laughs> but remember, he was the one when they were like, Hey, you know, you need to you need to seek refuge. You need to get in. He's like, I will not leave my country. Yeah, and there's like videos of him like walking down the streets and yeah. stuff after they've been cleared out and yeah, right. all that shit. Yeah, he's he's been this like front man leader type. Putting on this big show, yeah. and again, you gotta think it's got it's all an act. Yeah, yeah. How did this guy get this spot? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly got ridiculous financial issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's not he's not clean and shiny like they they portray him out to be. Yeah. And when shit comes like out out a year ago of how he's not clean and shiny how is it that we're just like you know this guy he, he's an outstanding guy we'll just send him all this these billions of dollars in aid um don't worry about where it's going it's fine well probably because we have some kind of tie our our top guys have some kind of tie oh, yeah. in this whole fucking scandal too it's yeah. not like oh yeah we just trust him it's like no he's doing what we're doing exactly. pretty much yeah. yeah war is a racket yes. war is a fucking racket and so um we got companies that are making money off this war because they're basically the government's paying the people that put them in the power yeah. to to make the bombs that they're sending to uh, Ukraine, and Ukraine is probably shipping those around the world yeah. and making his money off of yeah. it too. Well, I mean, how much? Remember when we were talking about FTX? I mean, how much of that money was coming back to the the politicians here in the country through FTX? I'm right. sure. Yeah, based on some. So I mean, it, it just was a it was a win win for all these these you know. Corrupt assholes. <laughs> <I> think <laughs> that's of a better word. Yes. No, that's it. <laughs> so, 
let's let's keep talking about Zelensky because I talked about I don't think I have the article here. Oh. Uh the corruption scandal. Let me see if I can find oh, the, that one. The recent one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let me see if I can find that. Um Ukraine. Hell, wouldn't <laughs> money scandal. It's probably going to come out eventually that uh Putin's also a uh a part Owner of the uh, offshore accounts. <laughs> well, I think like it was all these world leaders that they were connecting with, and Putin right. was probably one of them. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, I, I think uh, that article had said something about Zelensky having ties with some Russian company that was doing like a lot of his money laundering for him too. Oh, yeah, it's like we're fighting me. against yeah. Russia, but don't worry, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do some. We're basically have Russian ties. Uh, so this was the current, the current one. Talks about Ukraine rocked by a corruption scandal. Obviously, this doesn't tie back to Zelensky because right. nobody has called out Zelensky on this yet. Yeah. But Ukraine has been rocked by a corruption scandal as recent as last week with a wave of top officials resigning. Sports cars, mansions, and luxury vacations as people suffered. <laughs> but none of this none of this war racket money is contributing oh, yeah. to that. No. And it's all just like individuals, like lone yeah. wolves. It's not, it's not this oh, big. Sure. It's not this big like uh ring of corruption yeah. it's it's just like onesies and twosies <laughs> cuz it says the Ukrainian government on Tuesday confirmed the resignation of multiple high-ranking officials amid large-scale corruption allegations in what's being called the biggest mass resignation and graft scandal since the Russian invasion began how much have you heard the news talking about this not much not much at all. No, because then we are, people might step back and be like, okay, remind yeah. me again why we're sending $113 billion yeah. to Ukraine. But, again, nobody that I know has <laughs> – nobody I know of has been like, wow, I really hope we send more money to Ukraine. I mean – you know, except for the the idiots that are flying the Ukrainian flags, and just they don't down the street from here, they got two <laughs> right. Ukrainian flags and three upside down American flags, and I'm like, what the fuck do you stand for? Yeah, right, exactly. But I mean, it's like, but nobody's like being, like, hey, we really hope Ukraine kicks Russia's ass, mm -hmm. except for those guys because yeah. they don't understand what's going on. Says maybe we just hang in the wrong circles. I, I guess so. Maybe I, we're I, just hanging with a bunch of Russian bots. Did you ever think about where we're just hanging with a bunch of Russian I, bots? I have thought about that here <laughs> and there. Maybe we are Russian bots. Have we you could guys be. Yes. ever thought that we're possibly just Russian bots and we're not even real? It says uh, some dozen officials have quit their post after a huge political shakeup over allegations and probes into cases ranging from bribery to mismanagement of aid funds for purchasing food to embezzlement to driving expensive cars while common people suffer under wartime conditions. Where do they uh, drive the expensive cars? I thought all the roads were blown up. <laughs> well, this is the part that gets to me. Mismanagement of aid funds for purchasing foods. Yeah. That's how they're getting their expensive cars. We're sending, yeah. what was it, like $20 billion in, in like humanitarian yeah. aid, and these people are driving their expensive cars through yeah. with these funds. A top presidential advisor and four deputy ministers, among these two defense officials, along with five regional governors, were forced out of their posts. And among the regional governors to step down included officials overseeing regions which have seen intense fighting. That's fucked up. Oh, <laughs> uh, probably. You remember the uh, governor guy that was talking? Uh, he was a big push into yeah. the... Um, Oh, the genocide in his region. Yes, I remember that. He's probably yeah. one driving a fancy probably. car. Uh, let's see. We've got General Alski 
Simonenko. So a uh, general. Ivan Lukiero. Let's let's see. Let's combine. Uh, let's compare some of these names. Oh, that's not it. Uh, let's see. Pandora Papers. Let's see if any of these people show up in here. Sorry, bear with me. Ivan, because I remember there's an Ivan, but there's a lot of Ivans in Russia. That's true. Or Ukraine. Ivan Bakanov was a child. So different different Ivan. My bad. <laughs> uh, Vyacheslav Negoda, Vitaly Muzienk, and this name that I'm not even going to pronounce. <laughs> Dnipropetrovsk Zaporozhye. How? Who? How do they come up with these names? They call them Zap for short. <laughs> Separately, the defense ministry had earlier announced the resignation of deputy ministers, that name, who was in charge of the army's logistical support. On the heels of accusations, it was signing food contracts at inflated prices. Money laundering. Straight up money. Oh, I mean, yeah. war profiteering. Yes. In charge of the army's logistical support. You know where we're yeah. sending the majority of the money? Logistics. And based on their logi logistical recommendations, like, you know, we need yeah. this and this and this. The guy in charge of the army's logistics yeah. and where all that shit goes was was skimming. Yeah. Was skimming off the, yeah. the top. In this case, regarding the food contracts, Shapilov is accused of signing a deal with an unknown shady firm. In his role as deputy defense minister, his his is the most notable and visible resignation. Crucially, he would have had no small part in overseeing the billions of dollars flowing from the pockets of U.S. and European taxpayers as authorized defense aid. He purchased military rations at inflated prices in what appears to be a scheme to line the pockets of contractors and potentially involved kickbacks to himself. So you want to know where the $113 billion yeah. are going? Yeah. There it is. But you know what? We're going to probably end up sending another $50 billion here in the next couple months. So, you yeah. know, because that doesn't deter us. You know, our politicians do the same thing. <laughs> Says, while the defense ministry is still trying to downplay it as a technical error, sure. uh, political reviews of the details to the scandal. It says, uh, it, it says, an expose from the Ukrainian news website revealed last week that the defense ministry purchased overpriced food supplies for its troops. I mean, our military does that. Oh, yeah. No, they do. Absolutely. For instance, the military bought eggs at 17 hravnias per per piece. Is that eight? Per, per piece? Yeah, I don't know how much a hravnia, what the conversion rate is. What is it? <laughs> H-R-Y-V-N-I-A-S. While the average price of an egg is about seven hryvnias, so they're they're paying ten more hryvnias per egg than than uh, they should have been. <laughs> According to the website, a contract for food procurement for soldiers in 2023 amounted to 13.616 billion hryvnias, or 328 euros, or million euros, 328 million euros. This is two to three times higher than the current rate for such food. Um, his resignation letter indicated he's stepping down so as not to pose a threat to the stable supply of armed forces what was in eggs Ukraine. Per, what was it per egg? 17? 17 hryvnias per egg. Okay. And they're typically seven. So he's paying like three times as much and getting kickbacks for it. But he, he stepped down at 
to not pose a threat to the stable supply of American forces of Ukraine as a result of a campaign of accusations related to the purchase of food services. <laughs> so, scandal after scandal. It's after. still cheaper than eggs here. Is it? <laughs> Fucking Ukraine! How much is how much is Arivnia? <laughs> it's uh point zero two seven cents. So seven of those would be about fourteen cents per egg, fifteen cents per egg times a dozen. I yeah. So it was yeah. So it was forty six cents an egg. Okay, uh, seventeen. So yeah, it was five dollars and fifty cents a dozen. And that's three <laughs> times compared to what they were. Yeah. So they're typically paying about a dollar fifty for wow. a, a wow. dozen eggs. So thank you, because we're sending our billions for you to spend extra hrivnias on your eggs. Our eggs have gone astronomically high. Yeah. So thank you, Ukraine. Thank you uh, to all those those involved in this yes. scandal. Yes, it makes you feel good. It does. It really does. But has anybody here in the United States? At, Government levels been like, you know, that's a little fishy. Besides, probably Rand Paul would yeah, be the only one I, the only I could one. think would yeah. be like, this shit's odd. Something's yeah. off here. Yeah. Maybe we should put this on hold until we figure out yeah. where this money's going. Yeah. Because I mean, from what you know, is there any sort of uh, like trace or trail of where no. are, are we getting receipts back right. where this is getting exactly. spent? No, there's you know? no, no IOUs, no, nobody's taking or anything. Yeah. No, nobody's like, oh, well, thank you. Here's exactly what we spent. Yeah, is there an inventory checklist yeah. of, hey, like you, yeah. your money has gone to this many eggs and this many yeah. uh, <laughs> automobiles and this yeah. many mansions and this many yachts? Yeah, and you know, if somebody said something, they'd be like, I'm insulted. Yeah. You think that I would... I, this, my people are at war. Yeah, we're at war, and you think we're skimming why, why money? Why would we do that? Who do you think we are? <laughs> but this guy keeps coming back for more, though. I know. <laughs> it's like after a scandal happens, he comes out last week and is like, you know, guys, we need tanks. We need yeah. lots of tanks. Yeah. And then we gave him tanks, and he's like, you know, guys, these I tanks were great. <laughs> now, the way he... I don't know if it's like the Ukrainian way, but it's... It's so blunt. Like Americans, mm -hmm. we Americans, when we ask for stuff, we're yeah. kind of passive aggressive oh, yeah. about it. It's give like maybe a couple compliments. Yeah, you know, it's like first. I know. Like we're really. I hate to do this, and yeah. I hate to ask. Yeah. And it, I, I'm good for it. I will yeah, pay you back. Don't don't feel like you have to. Yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah. This guy is just like, I need tanks because yeah. yeah. this is what his latest request, <laughs> his impassioned appeal for tanks and artillery, uh, because the Kremlin must lose. But this is what this is what he says. Let me see if I can find the exact quote. I could thank you hundreds of times, and it would be absolutely just and fair, given all that we have already done. Zelensky began. So he starts out, he's like, you know, I could thank you a hundred times. But hundreds of thanks are not hundreds of tanks. That should be a t-shirt. It should. I, it's going to be. It's going to be now. Does that not almost sound like unappreciative like it's not oh, good guys but, but it's see, not good enough that's the thing though he feels like he's doing the world a favor well yeah I, by, by fighting russia well he is technically yeah, i know we I talked know. about this last week i yes. think he's like you know you guys pushed me into this i didn't yeah, I, I don't want this so yeah <laughs> so um, you're gonna front I the need, bill for it. i need some tanks and maybe some jets and um let's get some more boats over here hundreds <laughs> of tanks are not hundreds of tanks all of us can use thousands of words and discussions, but I cannot put 
words instead of or I cannot put words instead of the guns that are needed against Russian artillery or instead of the anti-aircraft missiles that are needed to protect people from Russian airstrikes. He told the summit chaired by the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. His appeal, I wouldn't even call that appeal, I'd say it's more of a demand. His demand, amid speculation that members of NATO would provide Ukraine with major weapons commitments, and as Kiev warned that Russian, Russia is preparing for a res, uh, fresh offensive in Ukraine in 2023. Uh, it says Oleski Danlov, secretary of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council, told Ukrainian television on Monday that Kiev expected Russian troops to attempt to make a so-called final push, which could take place on the inv invasion's anniversary, February 24th or in March. Danlov appealed for weapons and aid to help us defeat this aggressor that invaded our country. So what did what did the U.S. do? They rolled over. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. <laughs> they rolled yeah. rolled over just like the tanks they they sent them. They're just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, what did they send them? I have it written down. Uh, 31 M1 Abram tanks is what we sent, and Germany fronted 14 Leopard 12 or Leopard 2 um, yeah. tactical tanks. So, so both countries are like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go for that. But. You know, and it's one of the things. So, Ukraine is—I mean, it's—it's it's become the new Afghanistan. I mean, let's face it. And and what's going to happen is. But Ukraine's more demanding than Afghanistan. Well, Afghanistan, yes. we're just like At take least, all yes. our shit. Yeah. Well, and they're yeah. like, no, just leave. Yeah. Just fucking leave. And but with Ukraine, it's like, no, you stay here yeah. and you keep sending me yeah. shit. Because exactly, you know what's going to happen? The moment we say no, uh, sorry, Zelensky, we can't do it. He's going to be like, hey, Putin. Guess what U.S. said about you? Let's go get those bastards. Yes. Hey, uh, I'm looking at switching sides up here. Yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't go over well because you remember why we um, caused the Ukrainian civil war to begin with was because Ukraine was like, hey, uh, uh, Putin, we, we kind of like you better yeah. than we like them. And we're like, oh, fuck, no, you don't. Yeah. And we caused a civil war. Yep. And then Victoria New, New – what's her name? Uh, Newland, yeah. Newland was yeah. like – yeah, we like this guy better, and yeah. appointed him as president. And, and, and every time they're like, "Oh man, that's really steep, Zelensky." I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, "Well, you know, Putin said he would give us tanks, you know." So um, and they're like, "Okay, okay, okay, you got tanks." <laughs> now, I did see an article after we decided to send them tanks. His he gave two words as a response: "Too late." Does this guy appreciate anything? <laughs> no, no, fuck no. Because <laughs> then, after that fact, he says, "Today is the day." Of extremely good news for Ukraine. There is a tank coalition. Uh, there is a decision to launch the supply of tanks for our defense. Modern tanks, Zelensky said at his nightly address to Ukrainians, uh, noting his conversations with Biden and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. I'm grateful to all our allies for their willingness to provide us with modern and much-needed tanks. At least this time he's, yeah, right. he's a little appreciative. Yeah. All this proves... The most important fact for the world today. In fact, freedom is only getting stronger. And the way we are all working together to strengthen freedom. He sounds like George Bush. I was just going to say that. To defend Ukraine and Europe is a historic achievement in the leaders who are working now. Um, he goes on to say, uh, where is it? He says, the Ukrainian president is now renewing his request for military aircraft as he seeks to shore up Ukrainian's land. He says, um, 
He talked to NATO's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg about Ukraine's dream for long-range missiles, <laughs> artillery, and aircraft. It's like, well, we got them. We got them to push on tanks. Yeah. Let's try jets, right? And missiles, long range, not the short range missiles. We want long range missiles and artillery. Can we get can we get some jets and missiles yeah. and artillery? That'd be great because the tanks. I mean, uh, hundred tanks isn't a hundred jets. A hundred <laughs> tanks aren't a hundred right, tanks, yeah. and a hundred tanks aren't a hundred jets. Yeah. So come on, guys, yeah. like like stop being so selfish here. Yeah. What we're doing is we're we're building Ukraine up to be the next powerhouse, obviously <laughs> in Asia. Like well, you, but not so much that they can stand on their own feet. No. We still want to be able to control them. Of course. Yes. We want to we want a puppet there that's yeah. a powerhouse puppet. Yeah. That that can be I mean we talked about Ukraine's always just been our buffer. Right. Yeah. Our buffer between us and Russia. And we yeah. want somebody that where we can place all our weapons. And this war in uh this this invasion, quote unquote, by Russia was just a good reason for us to build up our weapon systems there in Ukraine right. because before when Russia wasn't advancing it's just like well if we send a bunch of right. I mean this might kind of look aggressive right if we're just sending like stationing a bunch of our shit there in Ukraine yeah. I mean we already got a station of Poland and Russia doesn't like that yeah. shit imagine if we station all their shit wait yeah. till they start putting nukes in Ukraine right oh absolutely that's next yeah. oh absolutely it is yeah because Ukraine is becoming is going to become that that you know the Israel mm-hmm. of of what do you Asia. think Israel thinks of all this? They're probably I mean, a little jealous right now. One hundred thirteen billion dollars, yeah. and uh, Israel's only gotten like three billion dollars. Yeah. It's like that meme of the guy and the girl walking down the street, you know, and the girls Israel and the U.S. and then Ukraine's yes. walking towards us, and he's like looking back. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> At what point do we say we're actually in this war? That's my question. At what point are we actively yeah. participating? Because I know, like, there's all these laws of war, which is yeah. it's it's weird to me that there's some international bodies like you guys can have your wars, but you have to follow these strict rules. Right. Like you can kill each other, that's yeah. fine, but you have to kill each other the way we tell you to yeah, kill each right. other. Yeah. And uh, we have these neutrality laws now. Now it used to be, like back in the day, pre World War Two, like in the 20s, I think 1928, I think is when it changed. To be considered neutral, you had to be neutral. Right. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like Switzerland. Like absolutely yeah. neutral. Yeah. Like impar like absolutely impartial. Non biased. Yeah. Not like impartial, non anything. Yeah. Non participants. Yes. You yes. couldn't take side. You couldn't come out and be like, you know, I kind of agree with these guys more. No, yeah. to be considered a neutral party, you were You stay the neutral. fuck out of yeah. it. Now since uh it was the buildup of World War Two when we started doing what was that that Len Lease program? Remember yes. that uh, was it Roosevelt that had? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like well, we're not going to be in this war, and we're not going to sell them weapons, yeah. but we're going to lease them. Yeah, our weapons, and they're just indefinitely, pretty much. Yeah, but we're not part of this war. Well, then, shockingly, coincidentally, uh, the the laws of war changed, and I, I'm assuming we had a lot to do with that. Had yeah. a lot of influence. Oh, I'm sure. oh yeah, that's acceptable. You can yeah. still be considered neutral, and still supply all the fuck tones mm-hmm. of weapons you want. Absolutely. So technically, we're not breaking. Yeah. I mean, look at everything Reagan did. You know, with the the Sandinistas and Iran Contra. Mm. I mean, it was just <laughs> no. None of that was legal, Bill. <laughs> no, I know what that. he did with the Iran Contras <laughs> was far from no, legal. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying that that's that's you know. 
where things had leaned, and now we have the NED that does that shit. Yeah, it so. does it all for us. Yes, absolutely. But apparently, based on this 1928 thing, yeah. like we're still considered neutral in all oh, this. Sure. Uh, legal, from a legal sense. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, like... Putin looks at it and it's like, oh yeah, obviously they're neutral based on the laws of yeah, 1928. No, he, he knows what's going on. He he knows what's going on. I mean, uh, you know, but he's not going to call it out, you know, because the moment he escalates, that's when we'll have troops on the ground. The moment that this becomes a, a, a what's it called, a special operation now, is yeah. what they're still terming it in in Russia, right? It's kind of like the United States police action. So as long which one, <laughs> right? Exactly. But as soon as it goes from a special operation to war, that's when we'll have boots on the ground. I mean, of course, we have CIA there now. Now, I mean, someone's got to teach them how to fly the planes and use the anti-aircraft and drive the tanks. Right now, now both sides of this have been like, you know, you take one more step, it's basically a declaration oh, of war, yeah. and we're gonna say. And then the other side's like, you know, you cross that red line and you're fucking with NATO, and mm-hmm. we're. It's like neither side wants to be the first one to pull right, the trigger. Yeah. Both sides want it to happen, yeah. but neither side wants to be the aggressor in yeah. this. And I feel like the U.S. is doing everything they can, not just the U.S., but the West in general. Yeah. The EU and the U.S. is doing everything they can to do as much as they can and still yeah. say that they weren't the aggressor. I was thinking about that when we were, I was reading some of the articles you had sent tonight. and it's, it, Does it almost seem like Putin's like stalling for time? Well, yeah, because spring's coming. Well, yeah, no, spring is coming, but but remember that was the criticism to, about Russia last time when going in this time of year was that they're going in during the muddy season, mm-hmm. right? And it was going to slow things down. I almost wonder, like, you know, is he almost is he stalling until like China goes into Taiwan, and then it's like all of a sudden the focus shifts. Now I, mean, I did see, and I have, was I was going to get there, but I did see. There's some general, Air Force general or something, that came out last week and was like, I could see us at full-fledged war with China by 2025. Yeah, yeah. It's just like this this kind of talk here. Just, just, like, first of all, just saying, just saying those words. What do you think China's thinking when this, like, high-up general's like, all right, bitch. You know, it's like, all right, let's do it. It's like, now I'm not saying we're going to. Yeah, but I'm just saying I could see yeah. what, us again, at war. Why would you even say that by 2035? Yeah. <laughs> right, and I have this article here. Before we get into break, I mean, you brought it up. We might as well jump all over the place. It's, it's literally titled "Applying Lessons of the Naval War in Ukraine for a Potential War with China." There you go. <laughs> I don't know what our game plan here is, but I don't feel like we're in the position for a multifaceted war. No. No, definitely And that's not. what it seems yeah. like we're being pushed towards. It's yeah. like, well, I, I could see us using this in China. I could see, I mean, there's big talks on Iran. Like, yeah. supposedly Russia is negotiating with Iran right now. Oh, we're yeah. like, well, we need to ramp up sanctions on Iran. We need yeah. to push but, in but Iran. But they've been allies for, for years, but along with Venezuela. They're more now, though. Oh, of course. They're more allies. Well, they're closer. <laughs> they're, they're, they're stronger allies okay, now. Okay. And so it's just like... We're we're threatening all these people, yeah. and it's almost like we're looking for people to fight that aren't Russia. Oh yeah, to suck Russia into it. It's like, well, we can't go to war with Russia, but we could go to yeah. war with Iran. <laughs> right. I mean, that is, that's not asking much, and tech, that might draw Russia to step in and like like because right now we thought a bomb would accidentally bounce over the border into Poland right. or something, and yeah. we could we could say that they. 
they attacked. I mean, what Biden said didn't Biden say something like they literally yeah. uh, attacked NATO yeah, or something? Right, and, right. and France was like, "Fucking cool down, bro, <laughs> cool down." Yeah. And so now it's like, well, we haven't been able to draw them past Ukraine yet. What if we start pushing around Iran, who we right. know is their big allies, and then maybe they come to their aid, and then we could say, we could say, you know, you you attacked right. yeah. NATO. Yeah. Like, you have no part in this. Yeah. Or say say Russia starts supplying weapons to Iran, and we're like, whoa, you can't fucking do that, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think what we've talked about, I think, you know, Russia, Iran, China, Venezuela, and some others, I mean, they do have kind of a NATO-type deal with them. Yeah. So that if shit goes down... You know, they're there. So, again, I mean, Russia could be holding out for China to move into Taiwan, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it's escalated at that point. Do you think Russia has the potential to fight a war against NATO? Not by themselves. You know, I I don't think so. But, you know, I I do think that, you know, with their partners, they could. Which part? Who— I mean, we talked about this. We got Iran. We got. Chi- Do you think China is gonna? China's got their own big ambition. We right. did a whole episode on this. Yeah, show. we think China's using Russia. No, absolutely. To do yeah. all their dirty China, work. I think China's using everybody. Yeah, <laughs> to do their dirty work, and then they can be like, "Ah, eh, fuck you," because yeah. like China has, still hasn't come out and been like, you know, you're right. Even though you're allies, they're just like, yeah. you know, whatever. Fuck you. Yeah, and but I mean, we China. Yeah, China did come out, and I think they're like, well, yeah, if they use nukes, then I we can't really support that. Yeah, so I mean, they haven't come out and supported Russia. Yeah. China's on their own turn. They're yeah. not really allies with anybody. Yeah. China is allies with China. Exactly, China wants yeah. the world to be China. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I I feel like maybe Putin might or like Russia might be naive and thinking China would come to their back if it got to yeah. it, and maybe China would come to the back because they hate us so much. But at the end of the day. Yeah. China turns around and is like, no, fuck you too, Russia. And I can see that. I could absolutely see like that plot twist where they're like, sure, I got your back. You know, and just be- because they kind of like the allies with the Soviet Union against Germany. Right. It's like, hey, you want to help us out here? You do all the dirty work. You lose the majority yeah. of the soldiers. Yeah. But then it's a two front war and they can't win that. Yeah. And then after Germany's done, it's like, yeah, fuck you too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 sanctions out the ass on you guys. Cold War for yeah. fifty years. That's fine. Yeah. No, I could see that. I mean, I mean it's, it's the politics. Absolutely, of China, the world. China's got big ambitions, and yeah, if Russia, if Putin gets in the way because he's a mad dog, they feel yeah, they have no problem getting rid of him. Right. It is time for a break. I want to keep ta- going down this path because I brought up like, at what point are we at war? Because nobody is. Up until now, it's been like, no, there's, we're not going to war with them. But it seems like there's a couple, there's a couple world leaders that are letting it slip, and like actually saying the parts that, like, no, we we are at war with them, and it makes me wonder what the Im- implications of just uttering something like that right. actually yeah. is, especially when you got somebody like Putin who already is looking for a reason to say we're at war. So I want to get into that when we come back. We're going to take four or five minutes, take a quick break, and then we're going to continue down this this um, nice recap of the Russian-Ukraine war. So hang tight. We will be right back in just a minute. Hey, 
Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. kinds of issues tonight but we're powering through it mostly because of computer viruses probably from do you think it's more uh, likely that computer viruses are from russia or from ukraine these days <laughs> or china 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 uh, I, i'm you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go china you think china yeah because what better way to do it than do it and then everybody's blaming russia now i did see that you uh Zelensky wants to charge now let me let me remember how this is put. My brain's not here, so I'm I'm trying to r- recall everything. Um, Zelensky wants to charge Russia with war crimes over cyber cyber uh, hacking. Really, You've war crimes, this? war crimes for hacking. Okay. Well, if you're going to do that, I mean, then there's a lot of people that will be nailed for war crimes. <laughs> right, including us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's uncharted war territory there, yeah. like cyber crime or war crimes for cyber hacking. Yeah. I mean, that's like first of all, cyber hacking is like un uncharted yeah war territory right. in the first place. Yeah, it's kind of not defined. I, I would put it closer to like maybe terrorism, sabotage, sabotage. Yeah, absolutely yeah. sabotage. I would. Yeah. Now, if you're Espionage. if you're taking down like the entire country's grid, yeah, I still. I mean. It really depends on what's happening. Like, if you're shutting down the grid and people are, like, freezing to death and dying because of it, right. maybe you could constitute yeah, that as war yeah. crime. But but if you're if you're causing, like, people's airlines to, like, be delayed two hours. Now, if you're putting, but, it, <laughs> yeah. What it, now, it's, uh, the other hand, it's totally different if you put on such strict sanctions that the entire populace is starving to death right, in Russia. Yeah, that's, right. that's not war crime. No, no, not at all, not at all. That's, that's, that's just, different. Yeah, that's just turnabout, right? That's just the uh, the the, uh, the shit that happens yes. in war. It, it's funny. I so I was um, after you had sent me some articles. I was perusing Pravda just to see what they're saying on the Russian side, mm-hmm. and there was an op-ed that I had read 
and it was uh, one where somebody feels that, or they, they, based on facts they've seen, they feel like Poland is going to make a major push to take over po- um, Ukraine. Really? Yes, because so apparently Ukraine used to be a big part of Poland for years. Before it was part of Russia or yes, after? Yes, before it was part of Russia. So maybe this whole thing isn't Russia trying to get maybe territory it's back. Maybe it's Poland been exactly. pushing, the, pushing the buttons the whole time. Yes. Poland's like, yeah, you can put your nukes here. That's that's all fine. Yes. That's good. Uh, now, I don't know if you noticed over there, Russia's really trying to take back Ukraine yeah. because they really— And Russia's like— we weren't going to do well, that at all. So apparently, based on the facts, and I haven't looked into any of these, but they said that Poland's military has increased in size 175% in the last year, that they are conscripting male Ukrainians, refugees, who come over there into military service. And they currently have 15,000 of them drafted in their military service. Do you know that Poland also was famous for having a lot of, at one point? Uh, concentration camps. Nazis. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. There's the Nazi right? connection right there. Maybe Ukraine's getting all its Nazi yes. supply from yes. Poland. Yes. Yeah. Connecting dots. Well, so they they felt like, yeah, they felt like Poland was trying to push this war, trying to push a war, Ukraine into a war they can't win, and so they would be decimated, and then Poland can come in and pick up the pieces. Save the day. Yes. Huh. Never... Never crossed my no radar. One looks at Poland. Now you got to realize this is Pravda too, which is state sponsored yeah, oh, Russian exactly. media. Oh so yeah, of they're going to push it on I know, anybody. I, know. I mean, we do. I think I actually have a Pravda article for tonight. So we, yeah. I mean, we yeah. do go and read both of them. I mean, it's, it's just it's interesting got, to see what the other side says. It is. So. It's got to the point. Well, how much of ours is state sponsored propaganda? Well, yeah, though, too. No, you know it is. It is. Uh, Poland's kind of the verbal Kent of the world. Like mm-hmm. nobody would expect them. And they now, might be the Kaiser's wholesale. <laughs> now, I don't know. Uh, does Poland have the balls to pull off? I mean, isn't Poland basically our puppet? That's like funded yes. by us basically, constantly. Yes, yes. But yeah, I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into the theory. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm I mean, gonna have to. We're yeah. gonna have to keep an eye on Poland now. Yeah, it I seems know. Like, I mean, no short supply of Nazis. They got the nukes. Yep. They've got all of our um, arsenal. Right. Because remember, wasn't it Poland the one that we were like, oh, yeah, just send your arsenal to Ukraine. We'll, we'll, yeah, right. we'll, we'll get you new we'll stuff. We'll get you new stuff. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. So we're not right. supplying to Ukraine. No. But we, you send the shit that we already supplied yes. you, and then we'll restock you. Yeah. yeah. So technically we're not. But now we're just full-fledged supplying to right. Ukraine because we're like, yeah, let's cut out the middleman. Maybe Poland now is like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> but Poland was the one that Germany – pushed at the beginning of the week when um when uh Zelensky was demanding tanks not thanks yeah. um Germany <laughs> was like yeah well, we give Poland the okay to send a lot of German yeah. tanks to Ukraine then all of a sudden Germany's like and we're going to send tanks to Ukraine yeah. as well yeah um so right before we went to break we were talking I was talking about like what qualifies us for being at war right. is us supplying all this shit. Like, when we're literally supplying everything minus the troops for this war, right. are we at war? Because technically, supposedly, we're not. I, mean, but, uh, I would probably say the United States probably supplies arms to at least 80% of the world. <laughs> the United States probably supplies 
the majority of war machines to yeah. the majority so, of I the mean, countries so at war. So are we in war with like everybody? <laughs> Technically, I, I would say yes. Okay, okay. We're in proxy wars with everybody, and All that's right. the way we like it. Yeah. It keeps us in power well, without having to really. And it keeps the industrial machine happy so the senators stay fed and, you know. Yeah. And we don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so now, on the other side, this is where it gets a little dicey. On the the other side, we now have world leaders saying that quiet part out loud. Like Germany actually came out, didn't come out like officially, I guess. But the German foreign minister, uh, her name is Aunt Annalena Baerbach. Uh, she based she came out and said we're at war with Russia. Hmm. Just flat out said it. So they're not planning on getting any oil ever anymore. No, uh, apparently not. <laughs> this is uh, this is from Newsweek. It says uh, German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbach isn't bashful about laying blame on Russia as its war in Ukraine surpasses 11 months. Baerbach uses significant portion of her keynote address Tuesday at the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe in Strasbourg, France, to defend law, democracy, and human rights. Obviously, we got to defend those things, too. Of course. All those things are um, make it okay. They justify everything we do. Absolutely. Oh, we're defending democracy. Yep. We're defending the freedom, uh, defending law and human rights, obviously. Because nobody wants to do away with any of that stuff. Defending all those things in re as a response to Russia's murderous attack on the people of Ukraine. Freaking Russia. She goes on to say to this large assembly council in Europe, we're fighting a war against Russia, not against each other. Uh, it says she called for unity among Western allies following the announcement that Berlin would send Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine. So apparently a lot of the Europeans were like, do we really want to do this? And they're like fighting and bickering. And her words were, in, in her defense, her words were, guys, guys, we're not fighting each other. We're fighting Russia. We're fighting a war in Russia here. Now, on one hand, it seems like a lot of nothing turned into a big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not like she declared, officially declared war on Russia. But on the other hand, it's not like Russia doesn't listen to these right. little things. Yes, Like we said, Russia is like us and is looking for a reason to say they started it. Yeah. So we're, we have to finish it. So Russia, yeah, does turn around and they're like, yeah. you heard Germany. Right. She's the defense minister or the foreign minister. Yeah. Ger German foreign minister. Uh, she she said that Germany literally is at war with us. Yeah, so I mean, if you're Putin and you're looking for any kind of justification to amp things up, there it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. The optics of this. <laughs> Not great. Maybe yeah. maybe a better choice of words here. Right. I, I don't know. Like, literally, we are fighting a war against Russia without saying it, because, again, we are supplying everything but the bodies to throw yeah. in front of them. We're supplying yeah. the boots, the goggles, the yeah. the vests that are keeping them yes. as breathing bodies a little longer. We're providing yeah. the tanks and the helicopters yeah. and now uh, uh, requesting jets and missiles. And most likely the intelligence and CIA. Oh, we are. Yeah. Pro we've oh, been absolutely. providing intelligence since it started. Okay. That's another yeah. thing. It's just like, well, um, I, I feel like that that's part of this, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you're yeah. a major... Like, if Ukraine was an aggressor, you'd be an accessory, I would think. At oh, least. In the very, if it was like a, a criminal situation, like here in the United States. Oh, yeah. 
Like, say you were go out to go out and rob a bank, and you gave me the gun. And I the gave mask, you the gun, the mask, the bulletproof vest. What to yeah. say? Told you exactly the yeah. layout of the bank. Yeah. Told you what the combination of the safe yeah. was. Do you think they'd be like, "Oh no, he was a neutral. Right, per- right, he was yeah. neutral to this. <laughs> no, it was fine." Yeah, yeah. You know. No, I would be <laughs> accessory to yes. the crime. Yeah, but but not in these situations. Now, what if I came out and was like bragging to my friends, and I was like. We robbed a bank, even yeah. though I wasn't part of it. Yeah. But I could be like, "Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't saying yeah. that." That's yeah. not. But but I feel like a police officer would be like, "Yeah, kind of. You kind of admitted to it, yeah. right? Yeah." But but they don't have to play by the same rules that we <laughs> no. have to play by, obviously. No. Because again, no, nobody wants that e- escalation. I don't think they do. Maybe they. Oh, do. Oh, they want the escalation. You think so? Yeah, they're pushing right. They just don't want to be the first person well, to yeah, do it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, nobody wants to be the person, that person who pulls the trigger. No, because then we broke some kind of right. war laws or yeah. something, and now we're, like, actually out we're, we're just We're just trying to push everybody else into doing it. Yeah, we want them to step, uh, remember, yeah, don't step, step one toe line. across yeah, the line, yeah. and we're pushing it, yeah. like, yeah, it's it's like, almost like we don't want this fight, even though your mom's fat and ugly. <laughs> oh man, it's like it's like the little brother, yeah, that like sits there and pushes around and knows his big brother's gonna kick his ass. That's Ukraine with oh, yeah. us. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like we're more involved in this than we'd like to admit. Oh hell yeah, we are. Now it doesn't stop there. It happened again because a Hungarian leader came out. Like shortly after, and pretty much said the same thing. Oh yeah, and he wasn't just like messing around. Like he was like it was almost like a uh, like a dire warning. Like no, you guys think we're not at war? Oh, we're at war. Let me find this is or uh, what's his full name? It's this guy. This whoever wrote this article in the American Conservative sucks this guy's dick. Prime Minister Victor Orban for like four paragraphs saying how he's this. Beautiful politician, and he, and he, like he's a politician's politician. He compares him to Bill Clinton, which I don't know how that's a good thing, but um, I want to get down to his warning. He says, uh, and this is interesting. He says, Orban said that the West needs to understand that Putin can't afford to lose and will not lose because he's up for re-election next year and he can't run as the president who lost the war. What's more, he said Russia can't allow NATO to establish a presence in Ukraine. The time has long passed when Russia might have been able to conquer Ukraine or install a friendly regime. Had Russia won a quick victory, that might have been possible, but it's hopeless now. Therefore, said Orban, Russia's goal is to make Ukraine an ungovernable wreck so the West cannot claim its prize. As this, they have already succeeded. It's Afghanistan now, the land of nobody, meaning no man's land. Uh, the West doesn't understand that time is on Russia's side in Ukraine, which is what you said. Mm-hmm. Russia is a huge country and can mobilize a vast army. Ukraine is already running out of troops. When that happens, then what? He says, we are in big, big trouble, uh, he said of the West. If Russia's coming spring offensive proves successful, then NATO countries are going to be faced with the question of do we send in soldiers to fight Ukraine? This is not something Orban thinks the American people are considering, but his front... But it is front to mind among a growing number of Europeans whose countries stand to be devastated if war spreads. Really, NATO troops fighting Russians in Ukraine? Yes, said Orban. It sounds crazy, but if you look at the tendency of how we got to this point today, it can't be ruled out. It's like pretty much it's like 
Look where we've come so far. Look how far we've come so fast. He says the West is in a war with Russia. That's the reality. Every day we are moving further in. Now you're talking one of the top dogs in uh, what country did I say? Hungary. Hungary, yeah. The prime minister of Hungary okay. says, you guys keep saying we're not. We are, we're in the war. Yeah. We're, we're part of the war. We're in this war. This is our war. Um, I know nobody intends to send troops, supposedly, but at the end of the day, if this keeps going, we're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got two top leaders in the EU saying, no, we are at war with Ukraine. Is this just not feeding more fuel to the fire for Russia? Or is it? I feel like this guy isn't so much like trying to egg him on. It's more of like a dire warning. Like, you guys got to wake up and understand the reality of this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, these guys, they can afford to to not be as political. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the United States, you know, the the chicken Germany kind of fucked up. But United (laughs) States, I mean, Great Britain. I mean, France, these are guys that, yeah, they can't come out and be like, yeah, you know, we are at war, you know, but Hungary, yeah, they can come out and call out the elephant in the room. Be like, look, guys, we're going to be in the middle of this. Well, if you think about where does Hungary sit? Right on the fucking border of Ukraine. Right. So if Ukraine falls, who's who's the next step? Right. Hungary or Poland or somebody like that. The people, the people that are like. Guys, we kind of fucked up here. Guys, we got to do something about this now. I feel that they're going to be the first ones to call for troops in Ukraine once that if the spring offensive does prove to be successful for Russia, you're going to get people like Hungary right on the border. It's like, guys, we got to do something. We got to fucking do something here. Now, I did see that the U.S. is piling troops up in Romania, which is, I think, on the border of Hungary, which is like just, just over a couple states. Are they really? Huh. I I read that that yeah they are building up like a super presence in Romania basically to send a signal like don't take another step and it's like isn't that how we got to this space yes, in the front yes, first it part? is that's exactly how we got here in the first place <laughs> by doing what we yes, do well we just got a presence we just we just want them to know you know that uh, we're not going to let them take another step mm-hmm. no but and but that's the thing it's like these little countries. Yeah, I mean they they feel they're next, right? Yeah. If Ukraine falls, they're next. So yeah, they want they want us to do something, right? We're supposed to be the great protector of the world, so they're expecting the United States to go in and do something. Yeah, because we make all these promises, like absolutely, if they do, we will. And they're like, "Well, they are." So are you going to? Yeah, it's like we can't do this on our own, and it's we've set ourselves up. Yes, as that. Now, it, the Russian foreign minister came out and pretty much said that. We're at war with the West um, last week, too. So we've got three world leaders. We've got Hungary. We've got uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. And now the uh, Russian foreign minister says, when we talk about what's happening in Ukraine, we talk about the fact that this is no longer a hybrid war, but a real one, mm-hmm. which the West has been preparing for for a long time uh, against Russia. <clears throat> The West is trying to destroy everything Russian from language to culture, which has been in Ukraine for centuries, and forbidding people to speak native language. Um, So it says, uh, according to a translation, repeating well-trod Kremlin talking points, attempting to frame Russia's unprovoked and brutal invasion of Ukraine as an act of self-defense. So you got both sides pretty much saying, nobody wants to admit this, 
but we are at yeah. war with each well, other. Uh, but remember, that was that was Putin's reason for going after Crimea, mm-hmm. right? Was that there was Russian citizens there, and they were they felt like they were um, they were being provoked or they were they were being kind of uh, discriminated against. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the the Nazi populace of Ukraine wanted the pure blood Ukrainians. They did not want Russian blood in in there. So that was Crimea, and then what was that other the Don- Donbar region? Yep. That yep. was the other one. Yeah. Like more recently. Yeah. And that one has been an ongoing conflict since 2014. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you got both sides saying. We're basically at war. Both sides saying, but we're not at war. Right. It's like, what are we at right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's willing to just step up and say, guys, guys, we're just fucking at war. Yeah. Because right. we know, I don't think there's one American person that's like, we got to put boots on the ground. No, no. That's, I think that's what's holding us back. That's yeah. the difference between Iraq and Afghanistan in this situation. Yeah. Is we sucked ourselves dry of that support of yeah we got to send in go kick ass take yeah. names we don't have that mentality now no, it's fuck like no guys no boots yeah. no ground nothing none yeah, of it plus you got fucking Pi- Biden and and General Milley yeah who re- re- wants to save the planet <laughs> yeah because uh, the climate change is yeah the climate right. that's crisis their biggest, is the biggest problem right to the world yeah right and now. you think Russia's talking about that shit no <laughs> but I, but I feel like they have been more recently setting the pieces in place and I don't yeah. know what it's leading to I don't yeah. do you think there's going to be a full-fledged war do you think that's what they're setting it up for I mean it almost sounds like it. it it does but I mean there's so many pieces here and we yeah again we predicted this back in the early days of yeah. ba- back in the early days of the war uh 300 I, I, I almost days feel ago. like they're they're playing chicken. Yeah. And because the article you're going to read here shortly, you know, they want they want to push the Russian people to a place where they're going to want to get rid of Putin. Yes. And I think that's the that's the end game. Yeah. We talked about a couple of organizations um since we started the show yes. that like to get us involved in foreign foreign interventions. Yeah. One being the National Endowment for Democracy, NAD. The other was uh the founders of Foreign Affairs. What yes. was their name again? Uh, uh, it was Council on Foreign Affairs. Council on Foreign Affairs, yes. Or Foreign Relations. Council on Foreign Relations. Yes, they, they like to predict, yes. quote-unquote predict, yes. what's going on in the world. So, and and they're our, all business owners. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not government officials. Right. And they, they, yeah, they like to make predictions of yeah. where the foreign relations are going. And then uh, right. their predictions just always happen to come true. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the— uh, the mags or the the publication Foreign Affairs came out this month, a couple days ago. I, uh, it just says January slash February 2023. So <laughs> roundaboutly, just somewhere in there, even though it's not even February yet. Um, came out with an article titled "Putin's Last Stand: The Promised in Peril of Russian Defeat." I mean, when we talk about these org- organizations that. Metal in foreign foreign relations, like the NED, for example, they're yeah. the ones that go in and pass out the pamphlets for and stir up the the public discontent, and um, they're responsible for all like a bunch of riots. They're responsible for the the original Ukraine conflict right. in 2014, yeah. the the Ukrainian yes. civil war. The NED had a lot to do with oh, that. Yeah. The NED has it. They they do in public what the cia did in private they yeah. over they, their job is to topple governments in mm-hmm. the name of democracy and they call they do it all 
in the name of democracy and freedom. They're an NGO, quote unquote. They're a non-governmental organization, even though they're fully funded by the government. All their funding comes directly from the government. But they can get around some of those, like the red tape that the CIA had because they're an NGO. Um, And then there's foreign affairs that likes to yeah. push the push the country's yeah. foreign relationships. It's almost like war. they they put a bug in the ear of the NED. The NED goes, they overturns it, and then foreign affairs they they write an article about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beto is here. Beto hey, says Beto. Washington is doing all they possibly can to make war happen. The neocons have Joe Biden's ears and can control the information he gets. At this point, Moscow won't be interested in any solution at all and choose instead to finish the war on its own terms. I see that. Yeah. Uh, So this article, like I said, Putin's last stand comes from foreign affairs. Predictions, obviously. Obviously. Says Russian President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. I can't read this whole thing. This is long, but I'm going to hit some points. It was meant to be his crowning achievement, a demonstration of how far Russia has come since the collapse of the Soviet Empire in 1991. I feel like that's not what their goal was. It wasn't like, hey, we need to reinstate our power. It's like. Well, in 1991, you guys said you weren't going to do this, and you did this, and so I feel like we have the right to do this because you guys said you weren't going to expand NATO. You're very fucking clearly expanding NATO. But Foreign Affairs says, oh, they just want to uh, demonstrate their pre-fall of the empire status. I thought it was kind of bullshit, too. Annexing Ukraine was supposed to be a first step in reconstructing a Russian empire. Right. Putin intended to expose the United States as a paper tiger outside Western Europe and to demonstrate that Russia, along with China, was destined for a leadership role in a new multipolar international order. It hasn't turned out that way. Kiev held strong and Ukrainian military has been transformed into a juggernaut. (laughs) Yeah? Oh, yeah? Yep, a juggernaut. Unstoppable. Thanks in part to a close partnership with the United States and Western allies. No, 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 no. Thanks in part to being fully funded, fully armed, and fully supplied by, by the US. United States. Yes. Not yeah. a close partnership. Yeah. They're a juggernaut because we gave them yes, all are, their juggernautness. Yes, we are their sugar daddy. The Russian military, in contrast, has demonstrated poor strategic thinking and organization. The political system behind it has proven unable to learn from its mistakes. With little prospect of dictating Putin's actions, the West will have to prepare for the next stage of Russia's disastrous war choice. War is inherently unpredictable. That's why foreign affairs always tries to predict it. Indeed, the course of conflict has served to invalidate widespread early prognostication that Ukraine would quickly fall. A reversal of fortune is impossible to discount. It nevertheless appears that Russia is headed for defeat. Less certain is what form this defeat will take. Three basic scenarios exist, and each one would have different ramifications for policymakers in the West and Ukraine. Why do they put policymakers in the West over the policymakers in Ukraine? Shouldn't it be more what policymakers in Ukraine decide to do? Right, yeah. That's just saying it all. It's like, well, when this ends, the West will decide what we want to do with it. Yes. The first and least likely scenario, so like I said, they have three predictions. The first and least likely is that Russia will agree to its defeat by accepting a negotiated settlement on Ukraine's terms. Does that seem plausible to you, based on what we know about Putin? No, the guy was walking around the bush with a machine gun. Yes, no, it was a sniper rifle. <laughs> sniper Come rifle. on. Sorry, sorry. After sorry. he rode a bear. Yes. 
He's and no he's. Ba- <laughs> I mean, he's basically already said, "I'm not going to agree yeah, to any no, terms." No. A great deal would have to change for this scenario to materialize, because any semblance of diplomatic dialogue among among Russia, Ukraine, and the West has vanished. The scope of Russian aggression and the extent of Russian war crimes would make it difficult for Ukraine to accept any diplomatic settlement that amounted to anything less than a total Russian surrender. That's not going to fucking happen. No. That said, a Russian government under Putin or, or a successor could try to retain Crimea and sue for peace elsewhere. To save face domestically, the Kremlin could claim it is preparing for the long game in Ukraine, leaving open the possibility of additional military incursions. It could blame its underperformance on NATO, arguing that Alliance's weapon deliveries, not Ukraine's strength, impeded a Russian victory. Now, in their defense, they would be absolutely right in that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care how fucking strong Ukraine is. Without the $113 billion we sent them, yeah. Russia would have yeah. rolled the fuck right over them. Oh, hell yeah. Rolled completely over Because like Zelensky keeps saying, we don't have the weapons <laughs> to do this. Right. So for foreign affairs to come out and be like, uh, the Kremlin would like push this lie that it was it was NATO's uh, weapons deliveries, not Ukraine's yeah. strength that impeded our wink, victory. Wink. <laughs> Yeah. Be- because that's exactly what it was. Yeah. For this approach to pass muster within the regime, hardliners, possibly including Putin himself, would have to be marginalized. This would be difficult, but not impossible. Still under Putin, this outcome is highly improbable. You see how they keep saying, if Putin's in charge, this ain't going to happen. If Putin's mm-hmm. still there, this won't happen. Yeah. Now, it's it's likely, but not probably not with Putin in charge. Where yeah. do you think they're going with this? Yeah. A second scenario for Russian defeat would involve failure among escalation. The Kremlin would nihilistically seek to prolong the war in Ukraine while launching a campaign of unacknowledged acts of sabotage in countries that support Kiev and in the Ukraine itself. In the worst case, Russia could opt for a nuclear attack on Ukraine. The war would then edge towards a direct military confrontation between NATO and Russia. Russia would transform from a revisionist state into a rogue one, a transition that is already underway, and that would harden the West's conviction that Russia poses a unique and unacceptable threat. Crossing the nuclear threshold could lead to NATO's conventional involvement in the war, accelerating Russia's defeat on the ground. The final scenario, number three, for the war's end would be defeat through regime collapse. Now, what one do you think they really want? I think that's the one they're pushing. Or is most likely. Yeah. With the decisive battles taking place not in Ukraine, but rather in the halls of the Kremlin or in the streets of Moscow. Now, enter the National Endowment for Democracy. Mm-hmm. Putin has concentrated power rigidly in his own hands, and his obstinacy, obstinacy in pursuing a losing war has placed his regime on shaky ground. Russians will continue marching behind their inept uh, czar only to a certain point. Although Putin has brought... Politically, political stability to Russia, a prized state of affairs given the rupture of the post-Soviet years, his citizens could turn on him if the war leads to general pri- privation. The collapse of his regime could mean an immediate end to the war, which Russia would be unable to wage am- among ensuing domestic chaos. A coup d'etat uh, followed by civil war <laughs> could echo what happened after the Bolshevik takeover in 1917, which 
precipitated Russia's withdrawal from World War One. That sounds uh, like messier than uh, what's going on currently. The coup d'état, which followed by civil war, echoes what happened not just in Bolshevik Russia, but also in uh, Ukraine in 2014, right. led by the NED yes. and the West. And so yes. this is their bread and butter, is coup d'état. Yes. Is that how you say that? Sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Followed by civil wars. I mean, yes. that is that's the NED. That's bread and butter. Yes. yes. That is, that's their, 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 their playbook. Yes. It is, it's their, uh, I, I can't think of the word. Modus whatever. Aprende. Uh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, throwing out a lot of foreign <laughs> languages here. Um, it's, it's the way they, it's the way they work. Yeah. It's the way they go. Yeah. Um, so. They're basically spelling it out here. This is almost yeah. like the dog whistle for the NED. Yeah, absolutely. Foreign affairs is dog whistling the NED yeah. to get, get into Russia and stir shit yeah. up, make them pissed off. I'm, I'm sure they've been doing it the last year. Oh, I was going to say, for the last couple years, I'm sure that they got the phone, the you know, the bat phone, and they're like, yep, yep, nope, we already got people on the ground. Yeah, because <laughs> um, remember, one of their top places was in... Ukraine, yeah, over the last decade. Yeah. But I think you had said when we had talked about the NED back then, when we came to our oh shit moment, we're like, well, there seems to be a lot of concentration in Russia here lately right. of the NED. Um, so yeah, trying to work with the um, who that main uh, opponent of uh, Putin oh. there. <laughs> we're gonna get into that guy. Oh too. yeah, no, I figured we're gonna get into <laughs> that guy. Says no matter how it comes about, a Russian defeat would of course be welcomed. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, right now. That, so this is the naive thing because do you remember when we had said we're going to go into Iraq and the people are just going to welcome with us with mm, open arms when yeah. we take out Saddam yeah. Hussein? Yeah. How many of them welcomed us with open arms? Yeah, not not I many. Mean, that's just the naive, like egotistical, yeah. narcissist United yeah. States saying, well, obviously. A yeah. Russian defeat would be welcomed. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, but, they're gonna. There's gonna be singing and dancing in the streets. Oh, people absolutely. waving American yes. flags and Woo! saying, "Thank you, yeah. jo- not right. George Bush, I guess." Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Joe Biden. <laughs> right. Yeah. Typically, that's not how it works. How many no. countries have we gone in and liberated? Yeah. And it turns out and that we they welcomed. fucking hate us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many liberated U.S. liberated Western liberated countries over there yeah. that really like us anymore. No, after no. our military leaves, yeah, I was going to say even France didn't like us. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how it comes about, a Russian defeat would, of course, be welcomed. It would free Ukraine from the terrors it has suffered since the invasion. It would reinforce the principle that an attack on another country cannot go unpunished. It might open up new opportunities for Belarus, Georgia, and Moldova, and for the West to finish ordering Europe in its image. Yeah, because Belarus isn't totally Putinized, right? Now, they again, saying the silent thing, they don't yeah. give a fuck about saying the oh, quiet things no. out loud. Because that last line there, for the West to finish ordering Europe in its image. Yeah. Basically, yep. let's let's just mold this yeah. thing the way we want it to, for, so it works yeah. out on our behalf. For, and and it would be probably okay for the the Ukrainians might like it too. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, and and it goes back to you know, you know, all the woke folk talking about you know the colonizers. Uh-huh. I mean, that's all we're talking about doing over there, right? Is going over there and right. colonizing. But it's Europeans in it, oh, it's not the yeah. United States. Europeans can't colonize other Europeans. No, obviously, right. Says for Belarus, a path could emerge towards the end of dictatorship and towards free and fair elections. Sounds like it's like once we 
once we topple the regime in Russia, right. we can start on the, all yeah, these little right. satellites. We could yeah. topple regimes in Belarus. We could topple regimes in Georgia, Moldova. Yeah. And we'll make them all, all in Europeanized. the image of Europeans. Yeah. It says, and Ukraine could strive together, all those countries could strive together for eventual integration into the European Union and possibly NATO, wow. following the model of Central and Eastern European governments after the fall of the Soviet and, Union. And that, and that is the end game right yeah. there. Let's get them all under the UN and NATO, you know, and then we can pay taxes one... to us too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Right? Yeah. And then we could be one happy global family. Right. Says though Russia's defeat would have many benefits, the United States and Europe should prepare for the regional and global disorder it would produce. At least, at least this time they're like, All right now there's going to be like a vacuum, a power vacuum over there. You're right. Says since 2008, Russia has been a revisionist power. It has redrawn borders, annexed territory, meddled in elections. <laughs> we're still we're still playing that card. Are they talking about United States or Russia? Still playing that card. Inserted itself into various African conflicts. Are they talking about us or Russia? Good <laughs> fucking god. And altered the geopolitical dynamic of the Middle East. Are they talking about us or Russia? <laughs> All the bad shit that they said? Yeah. Are things that we are guilty of. Yeah. All of them. But it, it's different if we do it. Oh, obviously we do it for we, freedom. We do it for freedom. <laughs> Uh, it says, by propping up Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, were, were Russia to pursue radical escalation or splinter into chaos instead of accepting defeat through negotiation, the repercussion would be felt in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. Disorder could take the form of separatism and renewed conflicts in, in and around Russia, the world's largest country and landmass. The transformation of Russia into a failed state riven by civil war would revive questions that Western policymakers had to grapple with in 1991. For example, who would gain control of Russia's nuclear weapons? <laughs> that's that's the most important question. Yeah, that, that's what they care about. Yes. A disorderly Russian defeat would leave a dangerous hole in the international system. Now, it keeps going and going and going on. Um, I can't read this whole article, but it goes... Yeah. On and on, but we got the main gist of it. Yeah, that the the hope is to get Putin kicked out by his own people. That's that is the that's the yes, push. Yeah, it'd be messy. It'd be messy. Create some chaos, but at the end of the day, we could shape the region into yes, our image, the image of Europe that yes. we've been wanting all yes. this time. And and all hail the great reset. I mean that's that's why we had the cold war to begin with right? it was because communism was such a threat to our yes. way of thinking here. Not that communism was the answer. Yeah. But it was a threat to the global order. Yeah. Right. It says twice in the last 106 years in 1917 and in 91 versions of Russia have broken apart. Twice Versions of Russia have reconstituted themselves. If Russian power recedes, the West should capitalize on the opportunity to shape an environment in Europe that serves to protect NATO members, allies, and partners. A Russian defeat would furnish many opportunities and many temptations. <laughs> One of those temptations would be to expect that a defeated Russia would essentially disappear from Europe. But a defeated Russia will one day reassert itself and pursue its interests on its own terms. The West should politically and should be politically and intellectually intellectually equipped for both for Russia's defeat and for Russia's return. Mm. That's dramatic. It is. 
So you think yeah. they're putting the pieces in place? Do you oh, think they're I, saying I think it out been loud? Doing it for years. Yeah. Oh, I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You you called it out a year ago. Right. So yeah, and they're so yeah, they're they're starting to, you know, set the board, right? I mean the pieces have already been there. They've been working on this for a couple of years now. Otherwise we wouldn't have pushed them into war with Ukraine. Yeah. So do you remember this other organization called the NED? Oh hell yeah. The NED on their homepage one of their home pages like one of their main pages has this this is a um what is this it's an event it's like a virtual event and like an in-person it's like this big event thing okay i don't know a seminar type thing and they're inviting everybody to join this it is called dissent and persecution in russia from father edelstein to vladimir kara mirza Mm. Do you know Vladimir Kara? Another Vlad. Yes. Do you know who that was? That's that's the uh, main. That's the main opponent. Opponent to Putin. That's been uh, exiled. Okay. They are hosting this event. So about this event, this is on the NAD's website. You are invited to join the National Endowment for Democracy and the Reagan Institute. Here, let me pull this up. And the Reagan Institute. That, that's got to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, on February 1st, so this Wednesday, when this episode drops, this will be taking mm-hmm. place. For dissent and persecution in Russia, from Father Edelstein to Vladimir Kara Mirza, co-hosted by the Reagan Institute Center for Freedom and Democracy, that just sounds American, and the NAD, the event will feature a screening of My Duty to Not Stay Silent, the newest documentary film by imprisoned Russian opposition leader, Journalist and activist Vladimir Kara Mirza, followed by a discussion on dissent and persecution in today's Russia. Hmm. The NED is hosting this event to air this documentary by the number one opponent, exiled Putin. opponent to, to to Putin. Yeah. Do you think maybe they're they're trying to find their their guy I'm to prop thinking. up for the next guy? Yes. I'm thinking. Without making the Victoria Newland phone call? <laughs> yeah, fuck like, them. We don't need to make a phone call. Let's just do a... Yeah, a we'll a, do our own thing. A live stream. Yeah. And let's just play this uh, really sad... sad. How is it, if this guy's in prison, how is he making a documentary? That's that's yeah, my right. question. Especially make a doc- Russian prison. Yeah, did he make the documentary before prison or from Maybe. prison or what? says, my duty to not stay silent is the remarkable story of Russian Orthodox priest and dissident Father Georgi Edelstein after being suspended for politically motivated dissent. He worked hard to keep freedom of religion alive in the Soviet Union. Due to a personal petition from President Reagan, Father Edelstein was restored to his village parish. It's a film about true tolerance and true faith, the relationship between Jewishness and Christianity, the collaboration between church leaders and totalitarian state, and the importance of speaking truth, no matter the consequence. Tragically, Russian citizens today face similar persecution. Modern freedom fighters like Vladimir Kara Mirza continue the struggle for freedom following in Father Edelstein's footsteps. Hmm. The event will feature opening remarks from Kara Mirza, or uh, of Evgenia Kara Mirza, which is Vladimir's wife, followed by following the film screening, the panel discussion moderated by the NED will include president and founder of Free Russia Foundation, Natalia Arno, president of Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, 
uh, Ambassador Andrew Bremberg and President and CEO of Radio Free Europe, Jamie Fly. Jamie Fly, really? Yeah, That's got to be the radio yeah. name. Yo, so, yo, yo, this is DJ Fly. <laughs> we've got the NED yes. throwing this event. Yeah. Highlighting this dissident, this yes. main opponent of Putin. Yeah. Well, and giving the history of persecution in Russia, right? From- While highlighting. Yes. This Guy. opponent of Putin. Yes. While Foreign Affairs is saying, you know, the real only real solution to all this is dog whistle. Yeah. We need to topple the regime, dog whistle, and yeah. start a civil war, yeah. dog whistle. And then the NED is like, we hear you, and we're we're looking for our guy right now. Yeah. You, you think maybe something's in the works here? Oh, a little bit. I mean, that timing seems really coincidental. Just just a bit coincidental that yeah. this is happening all at once. Yeah. And Politico comes out with an opinion piece the same time that says that's titled Russia exiled them. Big mistake. Mm. Exiles from Putin's Russia have a powerful role to play in what comes next in their country. It's happened before. And this talk specifically partially about that guy, that Mara, what's his name? Kura or whatever? Kara Mara. What was it? Hang on. Vladimir. Vladimir Kara Mirza. There you go. So it says, when it comes to regime change, there's an important relationship between regime opponents inside the country and the ones exiled outside the country. Mm. This has played out over and over again in history, particularly in Russia. This dynamic will be important to whatever happens in Russia in the wake of Russian President Vladimir Putin's ill-conceived invasion in Ukraine. Political exiles rarely lead revolutions. There have been two exceptions, Vladimir Lenin in Russia in 1917 and Ayatollah Khamenei in Iran 62 years later, but both returned to their countries when the old regimes were all but gone. Uh, The leaders deposed and the prior regime discredited. Basically sounds like we're planning on deposing Putin yeah. and uh toppling his regime and maybe, maybe not some of the one of these exiles might right. or might not come back or, and play an important role. Or yeah, or several come in and, and to you know, kind of push support for this mm-hmm. Vladimir Kamara and um yeah. yeah. It says Putin's invasion of Ukraine has weakened him, just as ours in the nineteenth century and 20th centuries were weakened by conflicts, including the Crimean War and World War One. Has it, though? So when Putin regime begins to teeter and wobble, whether in yet another instance of merciless pattern of Russian history, unforgiving of military setbacks, or because of an anemic economy further degraded by sanctions, oil and gas revenues drying up, or all these calamities at once, the most likely to lead the revolution will be the leaders on the ground. Many of those are currently in prison, including Alexei Navalny serving a nine-and-a-half-year sentence, Vladimir Karamurza in the eighth month of imprisonment without trial facing up to 24 years in prison, or Ilya Yashin sentenced last week to eight-and-a-half years. With Putin's regime rapidly descending into savage savagery of military dictatorship, they might not emerge from jail alive. But even if they don't survive, others will step forward when the time comes. The le- the West can lend a crucial hand. I wonder, are those guys, are, are they in the same prison? I don't know. I hope not. That would be stupid. Well, I, I mean, that and, I mean, remember, there is a U.S. former Marine over there as well. Uh, that is true, too. So, you think toppling regimes is 
maybe in the <laughs> on works. The menu? Yes, I on the works. That is, I believe that is what they're pushing. Yes, think so. Yes. Maybe slightly. Yeah. I mean, you had sent me this thing. This is from Pravda, so yeah. obviously we can't trust right. this. But, but they Pravda, read the article. <laughs> yeah, Pravda said that was a different article though from Foreign Affairs. Oh, was it? But Pravda says that the Russia after Putin plan is is ready, and that the West is already planning. Russia after Putin. Yeah. Did they yeah. really name Hopefully they didn't name it the Russia after Putin plan. <laughs> I could see them doing it because yeah, remember, they, <laughs> they did lose their acronym guy. Yes, they did. Yeah. They lost their, like, um, the guy that names ops and stuff. <laughs> and so now the best we've come up with is the Russia after yes, Putin the, plan. the rapist plan. <laughs> Russia after Putin installment security uh, tip. I don't know. What's a T? What's a good T word? Um, um, task force. There you go. Task Russia force. after Putin installing security task force. <laughs> Dude, that says rapist. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so apparently the actors have already been chosen, but the Pravda thinks it's Gary Kasparov and Mikhail Kodorovsky mm. who, who suddenly developed an affection for the Russian people. Um, they're waiting for their window to open. So, uh, Foreign Affairs came out with another article a few months ago, kind of saying the same, kind thing. of the same, similar. Yeah, title: "Don't Fear Putin's Demise." Mm. Don't worry, we get. <laughs> but this was written by those Russian people. Oh, okay. For Foreign Affairs, which is because it says it's by Gary Kasparov and Mikhail Kodorovsky. Oh, interesting. It says <clears throat> the Russian president Putin is living on borrowed time, and it, it, oh, so they're writing this to the Russian people, saying, "Hey." It, it's okay Have no fear. if Putin goes away. Yeah, but it's coming from foreign affairs. They're writing it to the Russian people, but they posted it in foreign affairs. Interesting. Of all places. See, so this of, is where the war is sitting. <laughs> but one of the things I read, and I don't, again, propaganda, it's hard to sort truth from fiction. Um, but apparently, like, Putin has an 80% approval rating. Okay. Currently in Russia. They're pushing this narrative that, hey, they're coming to take your culture. They want to destroy the Russian culture. They want to take away your language, your art, your your history, and they want to reshape it. But isn't Ukraine saying the same thing about Russia, though? They, they are, they, absolutely. But, I mean, I'm just saying that this is what Putin's using to kind of build support for this whole Ukrainian thing, right? That well, we're there fighting Nazis. You're talking about the people, while they're being— like basically starving to death and living in squalor for fifty years, yeah. we're like, I will die for the motherland. Right. I will. Yeah. I will go and like infiltrate into the United States, change yeah. my language, change who I'm married to, and be a Russian spy for my entire life, yeah. potentially getting arrested and murdered, all for the motherland. I mean, right. these people. Yeah. I <clears throat> we're living in a country where the phrase, uh, like, I don't know. Where, like, constitution is a bad word. Right, where right. Yeah. Um, being a patriot is a bad word. Absolutely. And you're talking about Russia, where they're like, yeah. I will die for the motherland. Yeah, in that Pravda article, they, they say, look, we, we tried it the way the West wanted it, after the fall of the Soviet Union. Right. And it sucked. Yeah. It, it still didn't work, guys. Yeah. Let's, let's go back. To, at least that... Yeah, I, at I least know. we have some order now. <laughs> at it, least, right? At least back then we had our dignity. Right. If right. we had nothing else, we didn't and, have and food. And look, it is we Putin, had our dignity. Putin stabilized things after that whole fuck up. Right. 
after the fall of the Soviet Union. And so he, I mean, he is a hero to them. Sure. Right? I mean, that'd be like George Washington, right? Like, Britain be like, hey, let's get them to turn on George Washington. It's like, on on yeah. George? The, the father of our uh, company? Really? <laughs> no. At the cherry tree. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, George, Georgie's on borrowed time, so if we right. could just, like, stir up some discontent there, they'll turn on George Washington, and, right. I mean, there might be a civil war that ensues, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's why we had a civil <laughs> yeah, right. war. I don't know. I don't know. I just know the plan, probably naive, because yeah. that's how we go into all these countries. Naive. It's like, we don't oh, understand yeah. the culture. Well, we'll just push down a statue of yeah. Putin, and they'll welcome us with right. open arms. Well, we applied all the sanctions to begin with. Yeah, that's that's when we came up with it. Is when they started pushing all these yeah, sanctions, right. and they even really said bad. they're like, you know, the because they, uh, they all but said it then. They're like, well, with all the pressure and the sanctions on, maybe the people will pressure Putin to stop the war, yeah. and, that, and that's when I'm just like. There it is, yeah. right there. Yeah. They are going to put the pressure not on Putin and not on the military as much as they are going to put it on the citizens, hoping that they'll get all pissy because, you know, people get pissed off when they're hungry. Right. Um, you've seen a hungry toddler. Imagine a really hungry toddler. Um, they, they get really upset really quick, and that's when usually people start, like, killing their leaders right. yeah. when they're hungry. Absolutely. So, I don't know. That's... Uh, that's yeah. that's our recap and our updates on the Russian war, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Final, like your predictions before we get out of here? I, I don't think, again, I, I don't think they're going to get the uprising they want in Russia. So then what would plan B be? B, B. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think that they would have to look at more of a conventional warfare against him. Yeah, well, they'd have to push some sort of, I don't know, like war crime scenario yeah. which they've been building up like how they did against syria tried to right. push that he gassed his own yeah. which i don't know maybe he did yeah. but they really played on that one to try to get yeah. us to attack what, syria what i don't know is would anybody come to russia's aid like would anybody try to jump in if nato decided to go all out against russia i might be surprised yeah Oh, I'm sure there's we would. A, there's enough countries surrounding Russia that probably fucking hate us too. No, oh, I'm sure. That I'm would sure. be like, yeah, you know, you know, the these sanctions are hurting us too yeah. because you're our number one supplier. You know, maybe Russia taps into some of these yeah. like African countries that right. um they were their main supply source of yeah. food. It's like you want your food back? Uh why don't you guys just well, I, I, storm, I'm sure, storm freaking Europe real the, quick. I, and I'm sure NATO is fine with just about anybody. I, I would think their fear would be, okay, what's China going to do? Yeah. Right? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the end game is. I know. It's I feel gonna, like something is going to happen in the next couple months. Yeah. And I feel like it's been planned out this way. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, we're just, we're just preemptively trying to get ahead of Russia. No, it's planned out. Yeah. Something. Because they keep keep talking about the spring push that Russia is planning mm -hmm. up. And like you said, Russia had all kinds of shit in the spring last year. Right. Why would they be preparing right. this giant, massive thing right. at the same time yeah. when the roads are still muddy right. and they have one path in, supposedly, yeah. is what we found right. out yeah. last year. Yeah, apparently one road. The, the main like ground force invasion time is November when the ground is completely frozen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like something's going to happen this spring. Yeah. And there's going to be some sort of narrative that they push that either gets us involved conventionally or gets us involved less conventionally. But either way, is there a chance that 
that NED or some other organization tries to off Putin. Oh, yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, they've been talking about how, oh, he looks sick. Now, I had read a thing last week when I started looking into this that was like, do we even know if Putin's still alive? We haven't heard from him in a while. He hasn't made any public appearances. There is a good chance he's dead. You remember? Where did we hear that before? Oh, yeah. North Korea? Yeah, North Korea. And then he comes out. He's like, guys, I'm fine. Yeah, he's like, well, hello. (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) And, yeah, so they're pushing that same thing. Like, I don't he might not be alive yet still. So I I could see them trying what, to what? take out Putin. Yeah. No, I could see that too. Like I said, they've been pushing this narrative that he's been he's sick for the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't know. They're probably crossing their fingers hoping he get COVID. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But but you know, unfortunately, the way I look at it is this is again, you know, just like they took out Bonsaro in Brazil, this is just taking out another person who's against a globalist agenda. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's what it is. And so and that's all it is, just knocking down another pig. And there seems to be this conspiracy theory going around that all these, like the handful of countries that are really opposed to us and we're like, that's our number one enemy, they're also heavily opposed to uh, the globalist order and like the uh, international banking system and and shit like that. And she's like, no, we're not going to have... Be part of your international banking scheme. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, let's go fuck up that country. Right. And yeah, and, and America's the attack dog. Oh yeah, right. Be like, America, go give them your freedom. <laughs> we got loads of freedom. <laughs> Spread our freedom all over their faces. <laughs> That's all the time we got. Yeah, something's gonna happen in the. It's next... gonna be a mess, regardless. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's no pretty cleanup on this one. I think they. I don't see this as a war that anybody. That they want to draw out, like no. Afghanistan. They wanted Afghanistan to be this stretched out, long, overdrawn war. Yeah. I think this one's like, all right, let's finish this off. Well, they have to. I mean, like they said, I mean, this uh, a prolonged conflict only benefits Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Russia— Ukraine only has so many people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So eventually they're going to run out, and Poland's going to have to send in <laughs> right. the Nazis, or Romania's going to have to send in the U.S. troops right. that are yeah. assembling. So, yeah— one way or another, something shitty is going to happen in yeah. the next few months. Yeah. So I wanted to get ahead of it before that happens to let you know, guys, something shitty's happened. Yeah. You heard it second from us, probably. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'll be sending. We'll be sending them billions of more dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> Got at least another two hundred billion dollars yeah. going their way. Yeah. I mean, he what, shit. He said what seven billion dollars a month. Yeah. To keep to prop up his his country after yeah. the shit ends. He needs a new boat. <sighs> yeah. So. This has been fun. Yeah. This is your update on the Russian war. If you didn't know, this is all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. It's good stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> it's fun and happy happy yes. thoughts. We'll be here again next year. Prediction. <laughs> we predicted this, I think, at the start. Does World War Three break out over all this shit? Final prediction. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like to what extent? Um, I, I think it's gonna it's not gonna be what we think it is. You know, I, I think it's unfortunately I think it's gonna come down to um it's gonna come down to NATO and maybe the UN like going after Russia and and Russia's allies. I think uh, <laughs> one way or another, uh Ukraine's just gonna get like wiped off the map. Oh, and no, we're not they gonna will. give two yeah. shits because yeah. It's just like, you know, 
You're no, just I, there yeah. to be a proxy. I agree. Yeah. And once, just, once we go conventional, yeah, Ukraine doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I think Zelensky's going to be in for a rude awakening when mm. he's like, guys, we need you to come in now. Guys, now, yeah. now, guys. Yeah. Now. And they're like, Sh- Sh- shut the fuck up, Zelensky. <laughs> We're doing our thing. They're at our doorstep. Yeah. It's like, we got it. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. Yeah. And then Ukraine just gets destroyed. Mm. And then we're like, oh, we can't yeah. just let you destroy Ukraine like that. Right. It, That's a war crime. So yeah. now we can attack you. Right. But, and, and, and that's what they're waiting for. Yes. You know, they want they want the excuse to go in. Yeah. And, and they're hoping that Putin wipes out Ukraine. And that's why I think he hasn't. Oh, shit. What? Zelensky is going to get offed. And that's going to be the Zelensky thinks he's this big war yes. hero, war yeah. dog. But the real plan is Zelensky gets offed. And then that's going I, to be the trigger. That. That's the that. trigger yes. that sent that we yes. go in for. He's the golden he's the child. Yes. He's the bait. He yeah. doesn't know it, but he's yeah. the bait. Biden's gonna be like, "Hey, Zelensky, why don't you meet me at this place?" Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we got to get out of here. On that happy <laughs> note, um, make sure you check us out all over the social media. We are all over Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at our handle at Break the Bell Pod. Uh, I didn't say any of this stuff at the beginning because I had just got into it. Yeah, you were. Um, I was very distracted. So check us out all over social media. Share us far and wide. Hit that like and subscribe button so we can spread this information all over the faces of your opponents and your enemies and stuff. (laughs) Um, Ideally, what we want. Um, Check out our. You can find links to all our stuff um, at our website, which is www.breakthebellpod.com. You can find links to our web store. You can get awesome shirt, which will include eventually a um, hundred. What was that? A hundred thanks is not a hundred tanks. Yes, yes. Words to live by. Yes, we're famous <laughs> words to live by. So make sure you check all that out at uh, breakthebellpod.com. Come back. Join us next week. Join us later this week. Actually, we will have our uh, morning morning special with me and Dan Smots of the System Is Down podcast. The Two Scoops Morning Show, which is 20, 30 minutes of fun in the morning. What a better way to wake up than uh, us in your faces and your ears. Um, That's Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, most of the time at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. Don't miss that. Otherwise, be back here next time. Same time, same channel, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, every Monday night live. We will catch you next time. Have a great rest of your week. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinsky, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, Beyond the Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.